Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got sportly commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. I'm Ryan Lambert from EP Rinkside. I'm Sean McAndrew from The Athletic. And we're just going to wind Sean up, let him go. The Leafs won. Did they? I hadn't heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's lying. Okay. That's false modesty. Yeah. Oh, who, me? Yes. My team win. winning in the first round? Finally. Finally got a win in the first round. Very exciting. It's, I can tell you now, it's a lot more fun than the alternative. Sure. People were right. This is, this is better. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's very fun and Leaf fans are very happy and the sort of extremely weird people who get very mad about the Leafs all the time, uh, are not having a good week. So all of those things are positives. Yeah. Now I, I wrote an article. I'm, I, I don't know if you saw this yesterday where I was like. Okay, relax. It's the first round. Who gives mm, a shit? Yep. And it, I mean, it is the first round. It's, uh, yeah. but they let Columbus win one of these things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's, I, I've, I'm, I'm told up to eight teams every year, uh, get to do this. So, yeah, it's a quarter of the league. It used yep. to be like 30%. They just let, they just let you go straight through to the next round. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. So I, I do get that. But the thing is with the Leafs, because of how recent years have played out, it is a big deal. And it was going to be, uh, you know, not making the second round also in theory isn't a big deal because three quarters of the league do that every year. And yet the Leafs not making it out of the first round was going to be a very, very big deal. So it's kind of one of those things where you, you, you got to give both sides of the coin and we were all going to bury this team if they didn't win. And so, uh, I, I've got no issue with. The fan base and everyone else being uh, being excited that they finally do, especially when it's, I mean, you waited 20 years to get to celebrate a playoff win. Go, go a little overboard if you're going to, if, if you're going to go too far on one side, go too far overboard. Yeah, I, because here's the thing. I, I said this in, in my article. I want the Leafs to win the cup. Like that would be say I have a lot of friends who are Leafs fans, right? And like, I don't want to say they've like suffered because they're not, they're not the Sabres, right? They're not, although there were a, a different few years kind where... of suffering, but yeah, they're, 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 Leaf fans are certainly up there, but there are, there are other fan bases that I'm sure could make a click. Yeah. You could be, you could be Canucks fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could, you could just be like, oh, sh-. like we came so close. We didn't get anything. And now for a decade plus we've been mired in. If we barely made the playoffs, that would be good, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And so, like, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I just thought the the reaction to it, like, uh, while understandable, I was just like, boy, oh boy. The, the, like, because w- what's the reaction going to be if they lose in the second round? You know? Oh, like my stomach hurts. Or, well, look, hey, we lost in the second round, but made it to the second round so you know like i mean there'll there'll be disappointment but like leaf fans understand uh 
you know, the context of this on both sides. Like, they're, you know, they're, there's I'm nobody. I'm not sure that that's they, been demonstrated. They absolutely do. Well, I mean, okay, so tell me then. What are you seeing that is, that that, that makes you think that? Because I, I, like, I'm seeing, you know, people honking the car horns and, you know, having fun in the streets and that sort of thing. But, like, have I missed something? Is there some strong contingent of Leaf fans out there that are declaring this, like, a equivalent to a Stanley Cup or something? No, I, obviously not that much, but it, you know, hey, you were, you wrote the article that was like, everyone should be happy for us. Slow down, brother. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think it, I, I wrote the piece saying, this is why it matters. I, I wasn't saying you have to be happy yeah, for well, us. That's I'm, saying what I that, get... I'm saying that if you're saying, you know, who, hey, who cares? Hey, man, like we've, Leaf fans have had to eat crap for seven years about not making it out of the first round. You, you can't turn yeah. around now and go, oh, well, the results of the first round don't actually matter. Like, that's what I'm pushing back well, on. You, you kind of can. Yeah. I mean, look, hey, what did I say a few weeks ago? Everybody got mad at me when I said, uh, I'm like, get a new fucking angle on this Leafs thing. Yeah. I said that. I know you, know? you like, said that. I, I'm, but nobody else did. Nobody listened to you. They everybody <laughs> yeah, else no, kept like that. Like I angle. said, everybody got mad. So now it's uh, so so when your angle doesn't work out, um, you know, all, all the people who are just like, oh god, let the Leafs lose another round so I, we can just bury these guys. Well, they didn't lose, man. Sorry, uh, that doesn't yeah, mean that doesn't mean we all gotta ways. pretend it didn't happen. Yeah, it's funny both ways to me. Like if they would lost again, I'm yeah. laughing. You know, that's funny. And if they, and because they won, it's all so funny because like all, all the, all the people with, with no new angle, they have to uh, get in the lab and they're like, okay, what if I said something about Jamie Ben? Are we ready yeah. for this one? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I'm, like I said, I want the Leafs to, to win the, the whole, the whole shooting match here, you know? And, uh. But I, I'll say this, you know what, you know what I really thought was fucking funny on Saturday or what was it Saturday night when the Leafs won, mm-hmm. uh, all, all those bozos on TV going, we want the Panthers. It's like, yeah, I fucking bet you do. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> you know? and I, 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 I kind of like that. Cause it's, it's like normal sporting, uh, etiquette says that you, you got to claim you want the best team, right? Like you're so, oh, and especially if it's a rival, yeah. right? But it was just kind of like, eh, we want the Bruins. And look at the standings. Eh, maybe we want the Panthers. We'll we'll take yeah, the Panthers. I, I would want the Panthers if it's yes. if it's me personally. Yeah, I would. Uh, um, I think I would prefer that. But um, but yeah, it's, now now you got the Panthers. And, now we got the Panthers, and uh, let's just say, be careful what you wish for, because okay. the Bruins would have said we want the fucking Panthers. The Bruins We're wanted the talk. Panthers, and uh, yeah. they got them. Did they ever? Yep. So, uh, hey, while we're on the subject, let's just talk about the damn Panthers. They beat the Bruins. I'm going to say this. This is the biggest upset in the history of the NHL. Yeah. Um, that's, it's tough. I've, I don't think there's, I think mathematically there has not been a bigger gap between a one and an eight seed. Mathematically, there has never, this is the biggest gap in a seven game series. The, Kings beating the Oilers back in the 80s was bigger. That was a five-game series. That was the old uh, Miracle on Manchester uh, series in 82. But yeah, um, if it happened before I was born, it doesn't matter. Exactly. I, I well, hate to break it. Too. I mean, I, I kind of argue that when we're talking about upsets, we almost have to go pre-cap and post-cap 
in, in the sense that you know the, on the no one parity, hand it, yeah. on the one hand it was a massive gap on the other hand this panthers team like this was last year's president's trophy, trophy winners mm-hmm. this was sure. a team that you know still had 970 versus when you look at some of the other upsets like the 91 north stars like that was a 60 point team like they were legitimately bad that was like a team that finished like 16th out of 21 teams they were the fifth worst fifth or sixth worst team in the entire league and they go on this crazy run all the way to the final and i just don't think it's possible to have that anymore in today's era where we've got a cap we've got parity and we've got 32 teams so you got to be in theory in the top 50 percent to even make the playoffs um it's just different kind of upsets but yeah i i mean it, it in the cap era or in like recent ish history, it's really this one or the blue jackets. And I guess it just depends. Like what, what feels like a bigger upset sweeping a team yeah, that nobody thinks you're going to beat point. or being down three to one. And everybody has just like already written you off. Like there was, yeah, they're, they're backing a backhoe full of dirt. Yeah. Uh, over your grave. Everybody's already doing like so. Their, yeah, exactly. Everyone's doing your your their Bruins Leafs slash Lightning previews. There is nobody who thinks that there's any chance um, that this team's coming. Because I mean, you're down three one, and oh by the way, uh, here comes Patrice Bergeron is back, and David Krejci's almost back, and it's just it's it's yep. amazing what they pulled off. And full credit to them, you know, they didn't absolutely. There was they nothing awesome. cheap about it. There was nothing they they uh, well. The hand pass thing. Oh, which was that the, oh yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. The, I, was, well, I mean, okay. I, I didn't, I mean, people know how I feel about this stuff. It's very bad and dumb. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we should say here that the plan is in this episode to talk about the teams that won and then the matchups. And then at the end of the show, we will talk about all the losers. That's right. Got, got sent packing. That's their punishment. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think you got to say uh, number one star of the first round, kind of unequivocally, is Matthew Kachuk. He totally like broke the Bruins mentally. They were all very concerned with what Matthew Kachuk was doing and and all that shit. And uh, I, he didn't score in Game Seven, right? He was just kind of like all over the place, but didn't actually have a goal. He was all over the place. Yeah, he was unbelievable. He's going to be in the Toronto spotlight for the next two weeks. This guy's going to come out as the combination of Wayne Gretzky and Darth Vader by the time this series is over. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, no, I mean, he was he was right in their heads, got uh, got all Mark chasing him around, all of that stuff, which is, you know, it's... Uh, 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 Swayman, not Allmark. Pointedly, was it? Swayman. Well, wait, no, yeah, no, it, but I'm I, I, sorry. I was saying in like game four or five or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, 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 he, sure. He got, he got tossed out with uh, with a few minutes left. Right. And, yeah, and, and, it's, and that's the kind of thing where if the Bruins just close the series out, we're all going like, yeah, Matthew Kuchuk was running around. He wasn't, you know, try yep. scoring some goals, buddy. And, uh, you know, the Bruins just uh, weren't having it. And it's, but... Because it it went the other way, man. I the Brad Marchand breakaway at the end of Game Five. Feels remember big. The buzzer beater. 
where I could have been a buzzer beater. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched that in real time and, and I, you know, as he's on the breakaway, I'm like, oh dude, I really, we're going to end it this way. What a crazy ending. And then he gets stopped and you're like, oh, okay, well, there's good for the, Hey man, the Panthers are, are not going to go down that easy. All right. Good for them. Never. And in for a second, did it occur to me that like, that could be the series turning point. I but, knew I knew that I knew man. game seven was over the second Florida went up to nothing. I was like, there's absolutely no way that the Bruins are winning this game. Yeah. I just knew it. And they like came, in my bones. They came all the way back, but uh, they sure did. Uh and, and which makes it I mean, man, that 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 was almost like as painful a game seven loss as you can get, right? To to fall behind well, have I mean, the hope you, and then you, you claw back and it's like, all right, we're back, baby. And here's the thing, though. I don't know why anybody had any hope for the Bruins here. You go against an elite goaltender like Sergei Bobrovsky and a world-class coach, like, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's it's just, it's just Uh, like, what what are you going to do, you know? Um, But no, like you say, this is a team that didn't change that much in the summer. Obviously, they got Matthew Kachuk, but like. The, the, The big, the big, big trade, but they didn't. And the coaching switch, but they didn't. And like, the coaching super switch, overall. but like the the that's what I'm saying. The roster from last year was more or less intact. I you know I, I said it from day one. They won that. They won the Kachuk trade. You know, um, and Calgary kind of got as close as they could get to tying almost. But uh, it, you know, I think the results are kind of feeling unequivocal at this point, right? Like those two guys, and well. I don't want to talk about the fucking flames right now. We'll do that later. Um, but Matthew yeah, I Kachuk mean, they is, just is has kind of planted his flag as a top ten player in the league at this point. A hundred percent. He's unfucking believable. He's yeah. so good. He played. It says here he played twenty four minutes. Like he was like third on or fourth on the uh, on the Panthers in ice time in that game. And like, yeah, he didn't he didn't have a goal, but. He was everywhere. He he was so good. And I don't want to take away, obviously, like Brandon Montour scored the first and uh, tying goal, the, the last yeah. goal with like a minute left or whatever. Um, he, he was also really, really good. And that's a guy that you're not like counting on him to be, oh, yeah, well, of course, Brandon Montour is going to score two goals in a game seven. And, you know, otherwise, you know, Sam Reinhart, <laughs> Carter Hagee, those are guys, yeah, okay, they score goals. You know, yep. that's what they do. Montour is stepping up big time like that. That's cool. That's a guy I've always, I've always enjoyed. He's a college hockey guy. You know, I'm legally required to, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, man. I just, the, the two images I can't get out of my mind now are the, the Marsham breakaway, which I'm sure is just going to haunt him probably forever. Oh, I mean, he'll, yeah. you know, probably just never be the same. It's a shame. I, I you hate to see, hate to see it. <laughs> Uh, and then the other one is the um, game seven with like four minutes left, the last commercial break of regulation where the crowd was just going nuts. Yeah. And they're all singing the, you know, singing along and uh, just, I mean, the, the biggest party. And, and yeah, rightfully, because it, it really did feel like when they were down 2 nothing, they come back, get the goal, 2-1 in the third period. They they get another one, then Pasternak scores the beauty. Um which nice recovery from him uh, from the uh, from dying on the ice uh, to draw the 
the penalty for the second goal. Um, boy, it, modern medicine, man, it's it's a real miracle. And, and so, I mean, you felt like I, I mean, you said you you felt like you knew there was no way they were gonna they were gonna yeah. win when they're down. I, I mean, when it's three two, few minutes left, you're like, hey, man, we know this story. The underdogs, great job, great effort. You really proved something. Now, get out of the way and. The, the sleeping dragon is yeah. awake and now it's time for the Bruins to roll and and it just didn't happen and uh I guess I should say with like stunning. two minutes left and they're up uh three three to one or uh, three to two I mean um yeah I wasn't feeling too good about the Panthers have this one wrapped up yeah. right like obvi- obviously but but man the, uh, the vibe I, in overtime was just like you talk about didn't fucking show energy. up for it, man. You talk yeah. about yeah, man. It was just not that anybody. But here's the th- loves overtime when your team is involved. But that really felt like this can't be happening. Energy in Boston. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it, it's it's really tough. Like, what can what can you say? Um, the 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 Panthers like. They just, with their forecheck and a lot of really stupid mistakes by the Bruins. I guess that is where the series turned, right? The Bruins made a a shitload of stupid mistakes. 60% of them wound up in the back of the net. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, some people would say that some of their stupid mistakes wound up uh, literally in their net um, as their goaltenders, but yeah. Mm, Yeah. Uh, so I mean, help help me out there. Like, as a Leafs fan, sure. As I'm scrambling to get caught up on what this whole round two thing is, well, where where are you at on Panthers Leafs? Not gonna be easy for the Leafs. They no, should. No. I mean, yeah. you know, in, in theory, they should win, right? Like they're they're a better team. They're a better regular season team mm-hmm. in just about every category you want to come up with, right? Um, they're they're just on paper significantly better. That did not help the Bruins at all. Nope. Um, I, it's gonna I, be I a guess real I'm, tough I series, guess, right? Like it's yeah, it is. I guess I'm gonna say Toronto in seven, and like. That's obviously kind of cheating a little bit because it's like have the fucking courage of your convictions and say Toronto in six or something. Yep. But like, I you know I I think this is one of those series where it's like the the Leafs have a fifty three percent chance of whatever it is. You know what yep. I mean? Like it's exactly. it's close. And you know, obviously the Panthers they're they're really good at five on five. Um at least offensively, defensively, they're kind of mediocre, and you and you wonder how much of that is. Um, they had a lot of injuries this year, and and the goaltending situation was obviously a mess for a good chunk of the season. Like, if Alex Lyon has to be the guy that bails you out, you know, that's, yep, that that's a pretty good indication that you got some problems in goal. Um, but. You know, we've seen the Leafs' uh, offense disappear in the playoffs before, mm-hmm. and and yeah, like the it, Panthers again. They they just did it to they just did it to a, a team that scored a lot more goals than the than the Leafs did this year. I bet I I don't have that number in front of me, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna guess. You know, they, I I don't know if it was a lot, but yeah, I mean the the Bruins offensively were uh, 
were very, very good until they weren't. And it's, you know, you kind of look at it and go, well, I'm not that scared of Sergei Bobrovsky. But then it's like, oh, yeah, and who's the Leafs goalie? Like, are they, are the Panthers uh, scared yeah, of him? for like, sure. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I don't know. I, I, I'm almost throwing my hands up with figuring out the goaltending because I just watched Andre Vasilevsky crap his pants for six games. Well, um, the Leafs figured him out. They broke him forever. That's you're right. You're just going to shoot from center ice and you're That's fine. That's right. They figured out he was blind and uh, they, yep. they no problem. Take, take those long shots. Uh, so, but who knows? I mean, but yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be something else. It's going to be a fun series. Lots of talent. I, I like, I was all over the Panthers last year as like, Hey man, this is the team you should be bandwagoning. This is the fun team. They yep, were totally. you know, last year, especially they were, they, they were winning games six to five. Didn't care. Wins a win. Uh, hasn't really been that this year, but, uh, it'll be a fun series. And if, Again, like if you're if you're a Leafs fan, I mean, you know, Kachuk is going to be the villain, obviously. There and there's going to be plenty of uh, plenty of that. But if you're one of those people who's like, I I hate the Leafs, man. Panthers going to be a hell of a lot easier to cheer for than the Bruins would have been. Like this yeah. is it, it, there's the hockey gods have served up a really nice, uh, you know, quasi underdog likable team. Uh, for you to for you to hop on the bandwagon of so, um, it's uh, it's it'll be a good series. I think I did predict a Leafs uh, when we had to do the our athletic picks. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I put down Leafs in six, but they don't put our names on that, so it's sort of. Uh, um, I I think the Leafs cowardly should win. Yep, yep, that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That's the Leafs yeah. should win, but it certainly wouldn't shock me if the Panthers not at all. Yeah, won. and in fact. Given what they just did to the Bruins, I think they've earned like no shock uh, status for the rest of the playoffs. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, this 120 point team maybe just kind of woke up a little bit. Look out! Yeah, um, I, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I think this is, like I said, 53-47 Leafs. Um, and when you're right 53% of the time, you're wrong 47%, you know, this the classic mm-hmm. Simpsons joke. Um, so, yeah, I cardiac cats and all that. It, th- it's the classic thing of, like, you don't want to get into the habit of, like, having to come back and, and score all these late goals and stuff like that, but. Yep. And it, But it also. It's, it, it's working so far. And it helps, right? Because. You know, in a series, you're going to have those times where, especially against the Leafs, the Leafs are a team that classically, it just, it it seems impossible to wring 60 minutes out of the Leafs, but mm-hmm. they will hit the gas for five or 10 minutes and absolutely blow the doors off. So there's going to be some points in this series where, you know, it's, it's 1-1 or 0-0 and suddenly the Leafs just bang home two goals right away. And... Sometimes that kind of can put you down, you know, rolling down the wrong hill. And the Panthers are going to look there and go, all right, man, we've we've been in this situation against better teams. And even if they, you know, they lose the first two games in Toronto, whatever, there's going to be no panic because they've, they've done yeah. it before. And, uh, you know, Kachuk will do something dumb and uh, make a headline somewhere and we'll all talk about that. And then they'll, they'll come back and get the win when they need to. It's just, yep. I, I'm just like, I, 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 I have to get it out now because I'm 
10 hours away from hating this team more than anything, but sure. like, I'm just so impressed by what they pulled off in Boston. Like that is such a, um, that, I mean that they, it, it dropped my jaw. Cause, uh, you know, like I, yeah. I just finished saying like, Oh, I'm picking the Leafs, but it wouldn't shock me. Blah, blah, blah. You, there were no odds you could have offered me when that series was three to one, that the Panthers were going to come back and win like 10 to one, hundred to one. Like there was no, I would have taken, I would have taken it at a hundred to one. I'm not even sure I would have. I 10 would, bucks really, to win a thousand. I don't know, man. Why not? Ah, oh, boy. Something else, man. Good for them. Yeah. Awesome. And like you said, fun team. So let's move on to, uh, to stars cracking here. Um, I don't have a ton to say about the stars. They, absolutely kick the shit out of the wild yeah. and it seems like part of that was the uh the wild kind of got themselves into a little bit of the bruins territory of like we don't know who our goalie is and then you know it's, it was too late it's yeah it's it's fine i know we're going to talk about the losing teams but man the the amount of crap that Boston is getting for not making the switch earlier versus the amount of crap we all gave the wild for making the switch early and having yep. it not work. I mean, man, well, I, there, there's a coach in the NHL, difference. man. It just better work. It yeah. Better work. There, well, there is uh, a yeah. slight difference. I would say, cause yeah. again, like I think I said it last week, flurry was like bad going into the playoffs and his last previous three or four starts, he'd been like actively not good. Yeah. And you could say, like, well, it, those games didn't matter in the wild, weren't playing hard or whatever. But the thing with Gustafson was, uh, this guy, you know, if he had played more games, we'd be, at, at, at that level anyway, played yeah. more games, we'd be talking about him in the Vesna conversation, right? Like, 10 more games of 930 goaltending, and it's suddenly like, we actually like have to at least talk about it. We don't have to... Vote for him necessarily, and, but and like, again, let's he, just he's worked his way into that. Just point. to remember, this is a guy who wasn't good enough to be the backup for the Ottawa Senators. Yep, goaltending makes no damn sense. Nope, at all. Sure doesn't. But you know, like again, like it it felt like at, at a certain point it it didn't matter. You could you could put uh, Dominic Hasek in there. And the, and the stars were going to win that series easily because yep. they, they just didn't give up anything either. Right. Like it's not, it's not like they just poured goals in and won, won a bunch of games seven to four or whatever. No, nope. You know, the, the wild got their asses kicked. They, whole, they, the whole series, the stars make you work for everything, every inch of the ice, every scoring yep. chance. And then when you finally do break through and get that scoring chance, like, Oh, right. There's Jake Ottinger just sitting there, you know? Arguably the uh, is he the best goalie left in the playoffs? God, he almost has yeah. to, he, he has to be, doesn't he? Like by Jeez, default. Just, yeah. God, for everything all the people like me who are like, ah, every series is just gonna come down to goaltending. Vasilevsky out, Hellebuck out, Allmark and Swayman out. Yeah. Hottinger's the the guy left. Yeah, and like Sturkin out. Yeah, I guess, and Sorokin too. Those those would have yep. been the the real competition. Kirschmidt is the best goalie in the world. This sport makes sense. It's really yeah, good. No, it's totally good that we invest so much of our mental energy in this because it really <laughs> delivers Try, results that make sense. Really trying to crack the code on this one. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it, it says here that the the stars uh, in all situations in six games outscored uh, Minnesota twenty one to fourteen. Yep. I mean, that feels right. The Wild are a good team. Yeah, and with with a couple of breaks, it, that series could have gone different. But the stars are a better team, and I was looking forward to a stars Avs series. I felt like that could could low key be like a series oh, of the sure, playoffs. Yeah. And we don't get that because, God, talk about upsets. Seattle Kraken. When, when, at what point did you feel like this was going to happen? Well, hmm. I get, I guess around like game six, because it, it, it obviously, uh, Colorado had, uh, let's say a lot of injuries to deal with. And uh, a guy breaking his neck in game six certainly doesn't fucking help. Um, yeah. fracturing his neck. Is there a different, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah. The this, see, like, this is, I got, I actually got in this like discussion with my dad the other day where he was like, is, is it a broken neck or is it, you know, a fracture in the neck or whatever, but I'm certainly not going to, uh, belittle it. And, and I mean, we should say he didn't break his neck. Jordan never he got broke his, neck his neck broken for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, you know, you're not allowed to give a guy more than two minutes for, breaking another player's neck though so i mean dude. we sh- I, it almost makes you think that we should like establish a department that could look at this after some the fact. sort some sort of department to regulate player safety yeah um but yeah uh when it was it, honestly game seven oh i i kind of felt like it was a uh the injuries were adding up. the The vibes were certainly against the Avalanche, and then again, like Seattle scored that first goal, and I was like, "Uh oh, yep." You can't. My here's my opinion. You cannot give up the first goal of the of the game in every game in a seven game series. Yeah, that was. That's a, just my thought. That was a, what was it? The second time that a team ever scored I the first know, goal yeah. in all seven, I think, was the stat that got thrown out. So, um, yeah, that's. That's weird. And, and, and I mean, that stat gets overused because every goal in the playoffs is crucial. But, um, yeah, I mean. Well, because it because every goal in the playoffs is crucial. Yeah. Giving up the first one every time, bad strategy. Exactly. My opinion. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it in a way, yeah, we, we didn't get to see the best of the avalanche at all. No, because they of had, all the guys they had no were, depth. All the guys that they lost to injuries and other absences, uh, plus mm-hmm. Gabriel Landeskog not even, you know, not even being there. This this wasn't their real deal. But I still thought going in that they had more than enough to, yeah, for to sure, take the crack. Totally and agree. I again, I've I've been sleeping on the crack, and I guess all year long I did pick them for Game Seven. I was the only one on our athletic panel who uh, who picked Seattle, so uh, I've got that going for me but it took me god it took me long enough to to figure it out and now i don't know man kraken versus stars is this on paper this is kind of a bloodbath although you would have said that about the last round as well right yeah um and there's there's never a bad team in the second round of the playoffs because they've won a round to get there like there's i mean the Islanders went to a couple of uh good point. Okay, I retract my third rounds yep. in the last mm-hmm. few years. Sure. Um but 
I, I think the thing that is also worth noting about this, we, we neglected to mention it when we were talking about the stars briefly, um, is that uh, Joe Pavelski is back for, apparently back for this series. He's yep. ready to go. Mm-hmm. That helps. Because yep. um, part of the reason that they beat the Wild is that unlike the Wild, they have elite players at basically every position, right? Like they have an elite uh, left wing and right wing. They mm-hmm. have, when Pavelski's in the lineup, certainly, they have an elite center, which it's crazy that he's still an elite center at this age, but he's yep. doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have an elite defenseman. They ha- Obviously, they have an elite goalie. And, uh, you know, Seattle doesn't have any of that. And, again, the, Seattle beat uh, Colorado on depth. Like, I, I think the stat was that, you know, there were... Basically, like the guys you would say, these are the top five guys on the Avalanche. If those guys didn't have a point on the goal, they weren't scoring a goal. I, I don't think they yes. had a single point without uh, McKinnon, Rantanen, Makar, Taves. Oh, there's who's the other guy? Is it Nishushkin? Even though he obviously missed some games there. Yeah, he um, was. He he only played the first well, game or two. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think it was those five guys. I might be wrong on, on Nichushkin versus somebody else, but like, if those guys didn't have a point, Colorado didn't score a goal. Right. And the knock on the stars is that they also have depth problems, but like, you know, they do have Sagan and, and, and Jamie Ben had a nice season for himself and, and all this kind of stuff. So there's a little more. Uh, confidence, I guess you would say that they, that the stars can can at least keep up with Seattle's depth, and then you would expect their top line to win most of the battles. And I don't know. I guess the I guess the question is, how big of a difference do you think there is between uh, Jake Ottinger and Georgiev? I'm gonna say there w- there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Significant well, they different names. That's that's one of them. Yeah, they're they're totally different Play people. For different actually. teams. They're, yeah, yeah. Uh, I. Uh, but you're 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 right. Like it it just felt like you know what have we been saying about the Kraken all year? Right. It's like a team with four second lines. Um. Yeah. And that isn't supposed to work in an NHL where we're constantly saying it's more about the top end talent, uh, and yet. We just saw it work against a team that by the end of the series was, as you say, nothing but top end talent, like top end talent and then depth with very little in between. Um, so yeah, man, that Kale McCarr suspension really that didn't help subbing in Jack Johnson for Kale McCarr. You, you want to talk about uh difference in quality between players. That boy, was, oh boy, that's a pretty big one. That's about as big a drop as I think you could possibly have yeah. as a result of a suspension. And uh, I mean, it was it was a ridiculously easy call to suspend. Yeah, McCarr made yet, it very simple. Yeah, well, and yet, with this Department of Player Safety, you never know, right? I mean, you, do you know, know that somebody in that room was going, we can't take a Norris Trophy away from the chair, the Stanley cup champions and blah, blah, blah. So you're kind of, I mean, I'm not going to say good for the department of player safety. Cause I mean, you don't <laughs> get a cookie just for writing your name on the test, but, uh, 
yeah, man, that decision ended up being being pretty massive. I I do like, but but again, they had what they had two more chances to to get a W. You know, they did. Yeah, they. Uh, he, he was in the lineup for Game Seven. I don't I don't know what what happened. You know, sure was. Um, it's and tough, then, man. And, well, and I guess the the other thing that we should just comment on, although it doesn't really seem it, it, this doesn't feel like it's gonna resonate as a, a big piece of this but there was colorado did score a tying goal in the third period and then they lost it to offside review um yeah but like but this a, one as actually stupid was, as i think that shit is yeah like it's fucking idiotic to me to to the guy was offside i don't I, yeah i don't agree that you should be able to review every single offside or every goal for offside or any of that shit but like that's the rule and uh the guy was and, offside. And it, it, this so, wasn't like, you know, skate blade in the air by a millimeter sort of no, guy, he was guy off going by to a the good bench. Like th- this yeah. one, th- this was like, I hate offside review. I would get rid of offside review. If we didn't have it and that goal counted and, you know, ended up determining a series, I wouldn't have a problem with that because, hey, like things get missed and that's that's just how hockey works. But if we're going to have offside review, that one is can't count. Cut and dry, ever, right? It's cut and dried. So cut yeah, and dry. Anyways, a hell so, of a ride for Seattle, man. This is this is fun, man. Welcome to welcome to the playoffs, Kraken fans. Jeez. Yeah, and, and again, this is this is why it's not a big deal for the Leafs. They let the fucking Kraken into the second round. That's right. Yep. You know. Um, so who, who you got? What are, what are your, what are your oh, overall I'm going, thoughts? Yeah, I'm going Dallas. I, I picked Dallas versus Edmonton as my conference final way back at the start of this Wait, Yeah, way, I had, way I had stars. Ago. Yeah, I had stars in, I had stars in the cup final. Okay. Uh, don't, uh, don't ask me who I had them playing in that. All right. Game. Yeah, no, no problem. So, I mean, yeah. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing having them then run into the Kraken in uh, round two didn't change your, uh, no. your prediction. I will say this though, in in addition to the Kraken being a great story, and we all love an underdog, and it's, I don't know why. It, well, actually, you you tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like with Vegas, almost right away there was this kind of bad vibe from other fan bases. The too much, too soon. Like, who are these guys? And I I don't feel that with Seattle. It, it feels like I don't know if the, that they were bad in the first season or if they they didn't have all the trades and stuff, but. It feels like Seattle's just a fun underdog, you know, team they you know get behind. Nobody's got a problem with the fan base or anything yet. Give it a give it a minute, but um, yeah. like, are you picking up any anti Kraken? No, I'm not. Okay, because um, I, I I think you know if they had played the Wild, for example, in the first round, I think people would be like, well, who gives a shit? They're the Wild. They lose in the first round. That's kind of their whole deal. You know, um, and oh, and it's fun that like a new team knocked them off, but like because they beat the Avalanche, it confers a certain amount more respect than if they had just beaten some team that always loses in the first round or whatever, or, or you know, doesn't have that kind of cachet that comes with being a reigning Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the the thing about like I agree that there it did feel like there was a lot of like. Yeah, but fuck Vegas. You know what yes. I mean? And I think I think what I would say is in part 
that could be you could look at that and go this is a fluke team you know mm-hmm. they they got 930 goaltending there i want to say they were right around 50% in in their underlying numbers and stuff like that like nothing super impressive and then for them to just keep winning all these series and and that kind of stuff like there was there was a certain amount of people going like in what way are these guys that much different from the Leafs from whatever, 2013, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I think there was a little bit of that, but, yep. you know, uh, the Seattle uh, was horrible last year. Yep. So, yep. The, the, so the, n- nobody's going to be mad about it. The other thing I got to say is, you know, if you're looking for one more reason to, to cheer for Seattle, I've I, we've talked about it for years. It's been on the table before. We've never got there. But the Seattle Kraken could become the first team to win a division that they are not in. They could become the Central Division champions when they are not a Central Division team. God bless the crossover. God bless the wild card. Uh, Let's make this happen. Yeah. Um, but I'm still, I'm, I'm still picking stars and six in this one. This is, I think I went stars in five again. Yeah. So Seattle fans, I picked you in game seven. Remember, we will always have that game seven, that little graphic where I'm the only face next to a Kraken logo. Like that's, we'll always have that. And now I'm going to go back to being completely wrong about you all the time. Did you see, by the way, there was a, a tweet going around where a guy picked every series wrong except the devils. No, I did not. Yeah, it, like just every single one: Colorado, Florida, uh, I mean, or, uh, that, Colorado, Boston, Minnesota. Like that wouldn't have been that hard to do, right? I mean, uh, picking the Kings over the Oilers would have been a little dicey, but I mean, to to get the whole East wrong, especially considering how many people were taking the Islanders as like their trendy upset pick. I picked gotta, the Islanders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I could absolutely imagine. I mean, put it this way. I didn't take the Islanders. That was the only series I got right in the East. So I can absolutely <laughs> imagine going 0 for 4 in the East. I think I went 6 for 8, but now I don't remember. Okay. That's, hey, that's impressive, six, man. I maybe don't, 5 for 8? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We're, we're all we're all just fucking making it up. I don't, you know, that's right. Like, I, I hate to tell you folks. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's uh, been, let's, it has been a really hard uh, to, to playoffs to predict, which again, like some people love that. Some people, eh. It's, but it's been all like, like we do daily picks at the athletic where we just like pick just the games, just, you know, who's going to win, win or lose each night. We're all getting yep. crushed. I mean, yeah. Granger is always the best at it. And he's like three games over 500 or something. And I, I don't even know if any of us are at 500 and that's just no odds. No, not That's just saying like, I think this team is going to win tonight. It's brutal out there. Yeah. I was right. I was six for eight, and I I, I was right. I I said I had the stars going to the cup final. I have the stars winning the cup. Boy, Very that's nice. me really going All out right. on a limb. But yeah, um, but yeah. So look, does this make me some kind of a hockey genius? I think well, it might. Who's to say? Yeah. But yeah, no. I I think that uh, I I think that this is. Let, let's say it's sixty five thirty five Dallas. It wouldn't shock me at all if Seattle keeps this up. Well, shock is maybe, I would be pretty shocked if they won, but like, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, 
why don't we uh why don't we take a break and we'll come back and we'll do uh tomorrow night's games this week's episode of puck soup is brought to you by game time and folks it's the playoffs right you want to go to your team's games you want to see them win you want to see them hell you want to see them win 16 times you know what i'm talking about folks and uh if you want to go to those games shouldn't be a stressful experience this shouldn't be like the florida panthers where it's like well you gotta wait 24 hours before you can buy it because you're a fan of the other team or whatever you know what i mean Uh, and that's where game time comes in it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you and their whole thing is like last minute deals They'll, they'll get you good prices on last minute deals and they have a best price guarantee that means you don't have to stress about like am i gonna pay too much to go to this game with game time you just uh you hop on the game time app you start looking for deals near you on all kinds of uh concerts and and playoff games and that kind of thing now being in massachusetts i don't have too many hockey playoff games coming up you know what i mean folks uh something happened this week uh, maybe some massachusetts residents don't want to talk about but if i want to go to a celtics game or whatever i can do that on the game time app i can find uh Easy, easy to access tickets and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they have like, uh, you know, you can click on a seat. You can see what the, the the view of the arena looks like from that seat. And again, they have a lowest price guarantee. They have cancellation protection. They have all these kinds of things that can give you a little extra peace of mind when you're, when you're looking for a ticket and you don't want to uh, pay through the nose for it. Uh, so forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event uh, with exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets for the, in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's a pretty good deal. So here's what you're going to want to do. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code PUCK for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code PUCK for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. Uh, the, the Wednesday night games. Let's start with Hurricanes, Devils. What were your thoughts on the Hurricanes advancing out of the first round? Hmm. That feels like the most forgettable series, doesn't it? Kind of. Totally. Of, yeah. Um, like mm, we said, we'll, every, get to, we'll get to the more forgettable series, I think, but yeah. Well, I, it, because put it this way, it was, you know, it didn't go seven. It didn't have any crazy controversy and no head coach got up and knifed his own team <laughs> in the immediate aftermath of it. So it's a great fucking point by you. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, after, I think it it went the way that most of us thought, even though a lot of us picked the Islanders because you know you kind of need to do that. You can't uh, not it, you can't it, pick chalk in every series. Yeah. you know it sort of came down to yeah you you can't do that and obviously I mean you're not going to pick the Kraken or the Panthers so what have you got left so right uh, it it came down to I, I think at the beginning of the series we all would have said Carolina you know they've got the injuries. They're they're not really full power. The Islanders are maybe closer than you would think. Carolina's still the better team, though. They're going to need Sorokin to steal enough of this series uh, to to flip it into a win. And he he certainly wasn't bad, but he wasn't able to be that guy that slammed the door shut 
uh, yep. in in what ended up being a close series. You know, it didn't go seven, but uh, you know, ended up being a series that uh, could could have gone either way. Obviously, the uh, you know, if you're the Islanders, you two games going to overtime and you lose both of them, you're you're probably losing the series, and that's uh, that's kind of what it comes down to. It, it was a good yeah. series, but mm-hmm, sure. I think almost every game was close. Um, yeah, there was a five well, no, there one was one. There, and... there was a five one and a five two. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Um, but then two other ones go to overtime, like you say. One went to double overtime, and one was uh, one was another like two one game. I want to say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, at the end of it, that Carolina wins. Uh, Four games to two, but final goals were 16-15, and uh, expected goals were 56.7 to 49.3. So, you know, like, what can you say? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, like you say, it was a close series, but I do I do always say this. I never want to hear that a, a six-game series was close. You know what I mean? Like, uh, how how the how the team that lost to oh they won one third of the games. Well, that sucks. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I hey man, um, the Tampa Bay Lightning went two one and three in their series. Like they were over five hundred. That's <laughs> that's pretty good, man. I, it's that's as good uh, as you can really do yeah. with, without winning the damn thing. Yeah. Oh man, for, um, for sure. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, good good series. Uh, the. Hurricanes are a scary team. Still well, are. So um, I was I was going to say that. Then maybe uh, I, this certainly isn't the full powered Hurricanes. That and that's that's kind of why I feel like that Hurricane series was close. Like if they even have one of their two injured guys back, may, maybe you feel yeah. like okay, well, I mean, what are we talking about here? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Islanders, you know, they don't they don't have a lot of offensive firepower. No. And when Carolina's down what three forwards for the bulk of that series, they don't either. Yeah. And, and, uh, and they're you know the And the Islanders, I mean, not a lot of firepower to start with. And when the guy you go out and get midway through the season to be your big star does next to nothing. Next to nothing not is good. correct. Yep, that's not good. Barzell wasn't great either, but he had the uh, you know he he had the one big goal at least. But ugh. yep, yeah, uh, yeah. But I yeah, mean, it's just uh, when when Paul Stastny is one of your leading scorers, that's and that's fun because he's you know he gets the OT goal. Yep. Uh it's it's fun for everyone. Like, what percentage of fans in that moment do you think were like? Oh, Paul Stastny plays for the Hurricanes. Like a not insignificant a, one. Yeah, like kind of. I, I'll say that. Like I remember when I was looking at stuff at, at the beginning of the season, being like, "Oh yeah, Paul Stastny plays for these guys," and then when this series started, being like, "Oh yeah, Paul Stastny plays for these guys." Yep. Yeah, you're just like the, the like, Hurricane are just a constantly. Great, oh yeah, team. Because like Derek Stepan yeah. is the same deal, right? You're just like, oh, right, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I like you have to you have to be the guy from Memento yeah. in this series. Like, no, Derek Stepan does play for the the Hurricanes, yeah. and you're looking. Whatever at happened in the to Jesse Pugliarvi? Oh my God, are you kidding me? 
There that, it is. Now that that's a guy I, I'm never gonna forget. Yes is yes is on oh, that okay. team because uh, he uh, he he was one of those guys where I was like, how sick would it be if he had like an insane playoff and the Oilers lost in the first round? Oh yeah, boy, that would have been something. Eh? That would have that would have been very funny. But obviously, neither of those things happened. No. Nope. Um. But yeah, I I think I think it's fair to say the Hurricanes are are a, a really well coached team. Like the system works, obviously. Uh, but but the injuries are mounted. The other thing you got to say is, boy, the the blue line just had it all over the uh, the Islanders, huh? Like the 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 Hurricanes blue lines. <laughs> those guys are very good. good. Is a strength. Yeah. Um. But uh, let. let what do you think? You think you think it can hold up against the Devils? Boy, I I get. I mean, uh, another team that I've been slow to come around on. I it takes me a while on any su- sort of surprise team. I think that's the lesson here. But uh, yeah, the Devils have looked really impressive. Um, I, I fantastic game seven win. I mean, boy. Oh, my was, God. That Rangers was... shouldn't have even shown up for it. Well, they barely did. I mean. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Did, did I see that the stat was high danger chances was 22 to 5 for New Jersey? Yeah. I mean, at some point, I didn't see the, the final total, but like at some point it was, you know, early in the second, they, I saw a stat and it was ridiculously one-sided. But 0-0 zero, zero on, you know, for so far. 17 the to game, 5, not 22. Well, like you, it, there was. For a while there, it felt like this, hey, are the Rangers going to steal one? Is this going to be the game where, like, Tarasenko or somebody, you know, makes the play, and now it's one nothing, and suddenly the building's all quiet, nervous, and uh, Shesterkin standing on his head. And, and it was, instead, it was Andre Plot who made, like, Oh, the play of, of the playoffs, I would say, given the so far. Yeah. And even and even the finish by McLeod, like the patience to not just yep. stuff it into into Shisirkin's pads, trying to beat him five hole or whatever mm-hmm. to go around him like that. Kind of not even quickly. Like that was that was kind of a slow uh, like I, I wrap around isn't the right word, but like a slow drag around around Shisirkin. And it yep. still it worked out great. Um yeah, no, I, I I tweeted last night, like, watching that game, I'm going, like, if the Devils don't score soon, I'm, like, really worried about this, because they are dominating this fucking game, and they have nothing to show for it, and uh, with all the with all the power plays the Rangers were just getting, or were getting, uh, it felt like the fucking fix was in, that's for sure, <laughs> yeah, you know, that, and then, boy, they didn't put the whistles away on this one, did they? They really didn't. Um, and then to, for them to like score that first goal shorthanded felt like that was opening the floodgates. Like they, they turned the big crank and that was the end of it. Um, yeah, it was like, it was, it was like they scored the goal and you just kind of, at that point you sort of shift over to the Rangers and you're like, all right. And your response. And they were like, we don't have, we're already packed. We're, we're, we're We're halfway out the door here. Um, and you know, I, I said like, uh, uh, you know, we mentioned Akira Schmidt earlier. Like, it, this is a crazy uh, thing that's like, because I, I tweeted during the game, like, how many goalies go from junior to like being really good in the playoffs in two years? And someone was like, well, Carey Price and Carter Hart. And it's like, yeah, okay, good. But, but those guys were like 
widely regarded as high end fucking prospects, right? Mm-hmm. Like those were I blew, was Carter Hart a first round pick? I feel like he was. I think he was like a second round pick, but he he had like starred the Canadian junior team since then, and he yeah, was, and like he his was his an his elite prospect coming in. Yeah, you were right. Second round. Um, he was he was widely considered like one of the best goaltending prospects in the world at that time for sure. And Akira Schmidt is like I was playing junior A two fucking years ago. Like he was in the USHL. The number of guys who go from the USHL to the the NHL in, in two years and aren't like national development team kids has to be insanely fucked. I can't even think of any off the top of my head, let alone a goalie, right? Like, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, well, I mean, you know, the Devils aren't giving up anything in front of him. So is it that impressive? Which is, it starts to be a fair point, and then you're like, well, the other the, the other goalie, they were like, we cannot yep. let this fucking guy play for us. We have yep. to go to this. And that and that's really that's really what it boils down to for me, right? Like, yeah, you want to say he's a system goalie? That's fine. But the other guy they have sure fucking isn't one. So, like, it's wor- it's working for this kid in a way that it's not for a guy with a lot more NHL time under his belt. Let's and this put it is, that way. We see this in the playoffs, right? Like, it's you you ride him and it works until it doesn't. Yep. But if he uh, turns back into a pumpkin tomorrow, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But until yeah. then, he's he's. Bingo. He's uh, this year's Steve Penny, uh, or whoever fill in more recent reference that I was going to say. Ninety percent of the that? people will get, will understand, and uh, yeah, who, who is Steve Penny? I literally don't Steve know. Steve Penny if I've was the uh, Montreal Canadiens goalie in '85 when they went to the conference final, and then he got hurt, and then they uh, brought in some guy Patrick something or other, and I, okay, Steve Penny lost the job. So, mm, real Wally Pip situation. Kind of, kind of was. So. Yeah, but yeah, I give so given everything we just said, it's hard for me to line up against the Devils. Um, obviously, I I haven't seen an update on Timo Meyer. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on the hit? Um, if, if people if people didn't see it, I can't imagine how you haven't. Yeah, got absolutely smoked by Jacob. He like, got on the fucking I, train tracks. I have been yep. saying for, for years and years and years that like the, the change in the way that hitting happens in the NHL, that there are hits now that we all freak out about and analyze and everything that would not even have made the highlight reel in, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. This hit would have been on the cover of Rock'em Sock'em 20 years ago. Like, Oh yeah. It, this was an absolute insane hit like scott's like scott stevens was like dude chill out that's you didn't need to go that hard um, it might legitimately be the hardest hit i've ever seen yeah it's uh, that wasn't that wasn't like uh you know he picked the head and mm-hmm. put put his helmet in the ninth row or any of that kind of stuff like and th- and a clean hit by the definition of the rules. Lots yeah, of people I, obviously looking at it saying that it shouldn't be a clean hit, which is a absolutely fair discussion, but based on the rules, that's a clean hit. Yeah. Um, I 
and, and that that was that was my thing that I tweeted. I, I said, you know, I if you think that should be a legal hit, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he almost fucking killed that guy, and th- and this isn't like uh, you know. When they were like, oh, Will Smith could have killed Chris Rock. I don't know if you've seen that that take uh-huh. that went that went around last year. Okay. Uh, th- this isn't that. This is like that. Maybe not killed, but that could have ended his career for yeah. sure. Like, and I mean, it could still. As we're recording this, it could have ended his playoffs. Who knows? I mean, he he came could have back. Ended his playoffs. Yeah. He came back last night. Didn't play, but was out in the handshake line and everything. So you would presume he's. Not in awful shape, but a lot of times with these hits, it's the next day or the day after when you figure it out. But yeah, the, the, so that's all we know is, is that he he was in the handshake line, and um, apparently he was like trying to get trying to get the fellas fired up for for the end of the game and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. hopefully he's doing okay, um, but. You know, we just saw a guy play uh, play a little bit of hockey the other night with a broken neck. So, yep, yeah, you never know. Um, you, but yeah, you simply clean, never know. Clean hit based on the rule. It's it, whenever these things happen, it it becomes clear that a lot of people like don't understand the rule. Um, but we could, if if you don't understand it because you assume it's one thing, and you find out it isn't, then that could be your argument for changing it and. I, I, to this, like, I'm still one of those guys where I think that I, I have a hard time seeing how you ban all hits to the head without wiping out an awful lot of contact that isn't hits to the head just because guys can't, you know, the, the risk of taking the penalty and all that. And people always say this, like, when you see a hit like this, somebody will say, well, the league wants hits like this in the game. And I don't think the league wants hits like that in the game, but the league wants big hits in the game. And if you say, if you touch the head, you're out, it's five and you're out of the game, you do take a lot of those hits out. So I get, I get not wanting that, but at the same time, you see a hit like that last night and you're just like, oh, geez, man, like knowing everything if that we didn't know make now, you, we can't, yeah. Yeah. If that didn't make you sick to your stomach, I, I, I you're, you're, you're watching like Faces of Death videos and yeah. you're- yeah, and, and, boy, and I'm not how, even, you want to talk about an old fucking reference of Faces yeah, of how, Death how video? That? Wow, Jesus Christ! I'm gonna go uh, climb into the fucking sea right now. This is boy. horrible. And I don't. Boy, I, and boy. I guess the last thing I'll say is I don't blame Jacob Trouba for it because, uh, you know, you there there are times where you see a big hit like that and you're like, why? You know, why even throw that hit? What do you, you know, why put the other guy in that position? But it's game seven. It was 2 nothing at the time. Your whole season's on the line. If you've got a chance to make a big hit cleanly, and he did, by the letter of the rule book, I, I mean, that's... If you're not going to do it then, then you're never going to do it. And, but, uh, it just... You hope... Hope Timo Meyer's okay, and... Uh, boy, it's... it's Yeah. It's going to be a great series. That that I, All, all I the second-round so. matchups are a lot of fun, but... Uh, yeah. This one is two two smart teams uh, that uh, are very well coached. I don't. I also don't know we've ever had the odds of a coach fight as high as they are right here in the second round. But we will uh, see how that goes. 
If it was if it was Tortorella, maybe I'd agree with you. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel think, like I, Tortorella's much of a. I feel like Tortorella's a big talk guy. All bark and no bite. Yeah. yeah. I I guess I guess I I. I my thing is, I can't see Lindy Ruff looking across at Rod Brindamore and going, "There's a guy I want a piece of." Yeah, you know what I mean. That's true. L- like Rod the Bod, that guy's a that guy's a peacemaker. In so far as you see him, and you're like, "I've never had a problem with this, with this guy. <laughs> never in my life." What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, but yeah, I, what, one last thing I want to say about uh, about. The Devils in particular. Now, you know, Akira Schmidt, that's kind of a weird name for a Swiss guy, right? You know, mm-hmm. Akira? That's weird. Okay. Do you know why he's named that? No, I do not. This was pointed out to me on Twitter last night. Maybe people know this and, and I'm like just saying some real old hat shit. But Akira Schmidt has a brother named Krillin. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Krillin is the name of a Dragon Ball Z character. Akira oh, is God. the first name of the guy that created Dragon Ball Z. So it seems like these kids, the, the Schmid family, this is a Dragon Ball Z household. Wow. So isn't, we that, got like isn't a, that wild? A couple of anime nerds actually produced the star An of the NHL, NHL playoffs. playoffs. Oh, yeah, two, two two nerds, um, or at least one nerd. I, I can't speak to which yeah, member of the true. family here. But is. clearly, the alpha nerd of the family because they yeah. they got. Uh, to name but the now, kids. but now it's they got their kids are two jocks. Yeah, boy, talk about this man. Is crazy. That's how you rebel against your parents. That's boy. Uh, the, some of us think that oh, I'm going to sneak out and drink, or I'm going to you know skip oh, class. Dad, stop making me watch anime. I want to watch sports. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Dad, you're so stupid. I'm going downstairs and work out. His dad's a sports ball guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, how how many how many touchdown baskets did you give up yeah. tonight, son? Yeah. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> that rocks to me. I'm not a Dragon Ball Z guy. I never seen. I never. I've probably watched like. You know, a combined half hour of it or something in my life because you know mm. it's it's been ubiquitous basically uh, my entire adult life. But that's it. It is really funny to me to find that out. Yeah. It's like it's like finding out. Uh, oh, this this is our son uh, JRR and our other son uh, Legolas, and you're like, well, hold on, a <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Hey, speaking of the return of the king, right? Nice. Nicely. The Oilers uh, made sure that didn't happen. I guess they're the they're uh, Sauron and all this. I have no idea, but sure. He's he's the main bad guy. Okay, Lord of the Rings, Sauron. I'll take your word for it. He, he tricked the uh, Elven Smith Celebrimbor into. Is he, is he the big eye, power. like the big scary looking? Yeah, eye that's him. Is. Yeah, okay, there you go. Look at me, knowing things. That's right. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the oil. Yeah. I am. They're good. They're really, really good. Very excited about this series, man. Oh, yeah, this, this is, is and yeah, the Oilers. Uh, yeah, and you know, credit to the Kings, but it's. Uh, I I feel was it on last week's show where I I don't the times all timing's all screwed up for me, but yeah, I remember talking about that game four for the Kings where it felt you know where they blew the lead and they went to overtime. They had the two one series lead. Like it felt like that was that was your shot that had to land. If you were going to beat the Oilers, and once once you didn't land it, it was like, all right, that was that was the old like you go to hit your finishing move, and 
the opponent rolls out of the way, and now we all know how the rest of the Oh, I was going to say, opponent kicks out at one. Yeah. <laughs> you, yes. You hit your finisher. Fair. You barely got the cover, and then you then you get to sit in the ring with the, the shocked reaction. Yeah. Turn yep. around, Stone Cold Stunner. Bye-bye. Yeah, and it and it was it was that and uh hey the, the Oilers are good, man. This was my this was my cup pick. Yeah. Uh and they got a good team to go through with Vegas. Well, so but, here's yeah. the thing. I said this is gonna be an interesting series, a good series. Here there is one reason I'm not so sure of that. How much do I trust Laurent Boissois? Like, oh you can beat the Jets, sure. Can you beat the fucking Oilers? Do you if trust Stuart Skinner? Like, are we on? Well, I, sorry, I guess all star Stuart Skinner. Yeah, first of all, right? Uh, but no, I do. In so far as I certainly trust the Oilers a lot more. If it's going to be like a lot of four three five four kind of games, I certainly mm-hmm. trust the Oilers to be the team that comes out with more goals out of that. That's all. Yep. I'm very interested because it it feels like to me, and tell me if if you get this impression, that for a few years there, we were all over Mark Stone being not just a great player, but being like the best defensive player out there. This guy was the model of, you know, 200 foot hockey, obviously, because he's a great offensive player. But this is, this is the guy, man, you, you've got a one goal lead. You know him and Bergeron neck and neck for who you who you want out there, and if you got to shut somebody down, he's he's your guy. And it feels like the last couple of years, and it's a lot of its injuries and stuff like that, where that's sort of we've moved on to other people here. But man, Mark Stone, if if they decide to go with like a Stone versus McDavid matchup, boy, that could be interesting and fun. Because yeah, I mean nobody's shutting <laughs> the guy down, but of course, yeah. Yeah, it's um the Oilers are ex- exactly what you expect them to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh oh, w- what happens if I uh if I take a single penalty? Well, nothing fucking good. Yeah. That's for sure. Exactly. Um especially but, early in the series when they're calling penalties and then like, you know, that that's game 1 and game 2 or the right, you know, it's it's a bit of a ref show. I mean, how many times do you think they're talking about that Vegas right now? Like, guys, for the love of God, no penalties. Yeah. Because and, and did the power play finish over 50% in the, uh, that in the is, series? Uh, that is a good question. Um, while I look that up, let me say this really quickly. Um, the, the thing about the thing about uh, them having the, the really good power play, yeah, 56 and a half. Um, which is ridiculous, obviously. Yeah. But uh, that kind of ignores the fact that for a lot of this series, McDavid was very firmly shut down yeah. by uh, by Phil Deneau. At yeah. five on five, you know what the you know what the goal difference was with McDavid on the ice? I do not. Dead even, six six. Wow. And he had at five on one five. one even strength goal in the whole series, which yep. I get like that's terrifying because if Connor McDavid is, I mean, not shut down, but if Connor McDavid is neutralized to some extent and didn't really slow the Oilers down that much, yeah. Well, in part because uh, 
uh, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, 10 goals to five. Yeah. Outscored the opponents. So that helps. Holy smokes. He's so good. Yeah. He, he's really, really good. And, and that is the, that is the issue, right? It's like, do the, do the, does Vegas have that second layer that LA did not of, of defensive, uh, power? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. In theory, they have shown that this year, but I would have said the King showed it this year and it didn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Um, so, you know, like, I, I guess the other thing that needs to be said is like, uh, if, if we're going to say that they're, they're deploying stone as like the shutdown guy, do they, do they have a guy who can also drive the offense when he's off the ice? And I, again, I, maybe, I don't know, you know, yeah. it's, I, I will say I'm surprised at just, you know, kind of the last couple days as I'm scanning through the picks that people are making. And this was the first series to get nailed down. So had a few extra days of it. I'm like I say, I picked the Oilers. I picked the Oilers to win the cup. I'm surprised at how lopsided it seems to be with pe- people picking Edmonton here. Like, and I get that. Yeah. It's, look, like people need to understand if you see a list, if some website puts out, here's what our 10 writers think. And 90% of them pick one team. That doesn't mean they, got together and decided there's a 90% chance that team's going to win. That could be nine sure. people thinking it's a 51% coin flip. But of course. it is pretty interesting how, I would say almost overwhelmingly, people are picking Edmonton. I agree with it. I'm one of them. But it's, this this is, Vegas is a good team, man. And, they are, uh, but... Got the home ice. They've got, uh, not that home ice has mattered at all in the playoffs so far. <laughs> no shit, man. Oh man. But yeah, I, I, I guess, I guess what it comes down to is this is the second team in a row. The Oilers are playing where it's like, oh, that's their, that's their starting goalie, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I mean, Sure. That's that's what the West is, right? But well, yeah, not yeah. not to get ahead of ourselves, but they're either <laughs> if they go to the if go conference final and they're playing Philip Grubauer, be like Jesus, or yeah, you know, run into Jake Ottinger. Like talk about moving the difficulty sliders up. Yeah, but cross that bridge when we when we get to it, I guess. Yeah, it, it's also really hard to tell what's going to end. This is where we'll we'll talk about Vegas here. It's really hard to tell what's going to happen because Vegas like barely played the first round. Yeah, they were just Vegas. Like, out oh, of all we have the to, teams yeah. didn't get pushed. I mean, not just in sense that they were the only team to finish in, uh, you know, finish the series off quickly, but not it and they also haven't played for like a week now i want to say which is that's the double-edged sword right like and it's not this isn't an extreme case like usually in the first round you've got like the team that swept versus the team that just finished a seven game series um and it's not a huge difference but there is that kind of like you you want to get through the first round quick you want to just bang that series out in four or five games but also yeah could there be a little bit of a rust factor i don't i don't think there should be um but uh, no, they're really well coached. They have a lot of talent. I, both teams but, reasonably healthy. Yeah, you know, all of that stuff. Yep that that is that is the only the only real question I have coming out is like if Vegas can hit the ground running, then you know I'm all for it. That's great for me. You know, but mm-hmm. 
I'm with you. I, th- I think this is like a, a 55-45 Oilers series. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's more than that, but it's... Yeah, even if you want to say 60-40. Yeah. Yeah, 60-40 is probably around where I'd go. That, 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 yeah, that makes sense. I haven't, I haven't read any of the, like, uh, the Dom predictions or anything like that, but, um. I think he had something like 60 or 65%. I think it was around, yeah, for, for Edmonton, but. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's see. Uh, Money Puck has it 65-35. Okay. Yeah, I, you know. I, I could see that. That's that's getting a little further out of my comfort zone, but it's yeah. Uh, Interestingly, though, they have Dallas at only fifty six to Seattle's forty four. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. That you you would have thought that Vegas, uh, Edmonton would be closer than Dallas uh, Seattle, but it isn't. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. So so what are you? Uh, I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh, Edmonton in six. Where what are you landing on? Yeah, I'll, uh, you know what? Like, give me, give me Oilers and seven. Yeah, they're great. Okay, it should be a hell of a thing, man. Seven games in in Vegas. I find whenever I'm making picks, I always assume that teams are going to win the series at home, mm-hmm. even though again, home ice means nothing. And what was the other stat that uh, in in the first round, six of the eight winners lost game one, and uh, seven of eight trailed in the series at some point. That checks out. Yeah. Pretty that crazy sense. that, uh, I mean, it, it, or maybe it just feels crazy to me because anytime a team is behind in the series, I'm always like, well, that's it. I mean, there's no, Bye-bye. there's no way yeah. they're winning four out of six the rest of the way. That's crazy talk. And so, you know, it is really hard to do that though. You would think. <laughs> right. I guess, I guess all evidence stands to the contrary, but you you would you would like historically it has been very difficult to do that maybe it isn't yeah. anymore you always maybe see those numbers right just you know the team roughly as good as one another and yep the team that wins this game is the you know the one that goes and wins the series and it hasn't it's historically worked that way yep not uh not this time around yeah what a really weird first round I guess is is my big my big takeaway from all this. It was a fun one. It was a lot yeah. of fun, and and I mean, even if 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 you're the sort of person who loves upsets and chaos, and you know you want to sit down and watch the playoffs and have just no idea what's going to happen, it was this was one of the best first rounds ever. But even if you're someone like me who feels like that gets a little much after a while, and you kind of prefer to see feel like the regular season meant more and all that, like even then, there's there was still a hell of a lot of great stuff going on. Like it was, uh, this, this was a great, uh, it was a great first round. Yep. Carolina was the only team that never trailed and won their series. So. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, why don't we, uh, take another break here and we'll come back and we'll talk about all the teams that lost. Uh, be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by AG1. Athletic Greens. Hey, are you like me? Do you wish you could be a little bit healthier, have a little bit more energy, all of that good stuff? I'm guessing the answer is yes. Most of us want that, but then you get down into the details. Okay, what do I do? What do I need to change? What are some things that I can do my day-to-day life, alter my routine to get a little bit healthier, 
just get to give myself a little bit more of a boost, more energy, all of that good stuff. And if you're like me, at some point you sat down and said, okay, what about supplements? I hear all this good stuff about these, these things that I can do, make myself a little bit healthier, and then you figure out what you need to do, and it's just so complicated. There's a million different things. You got to take them at different times. You got to have a whole running list in your head. Keep track of everything. Make sure you're doing it right. And if you're like me, that's just a no-go. It's a non-starter. I cannot keep up with a whole routine with a bunch of different products. I just know, knowing myself, I'm not going to stick to it. It's not going to work because I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be able to follow through on it. And that's where AG1 comes in. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water once a day? AG1 was designed with ease in mind so you can be healthier, better without having to do and keep track of a whole lot. It's one of the healthiest things that you can do for yourself in under a minute. And it works and it's powerful because it's so easy to fit into your lifestyle. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you need to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash puck. That's athleticgreens.com slash puck. Check it out. All right. Uh, let's talk about the teams that lost and, uh, I'll try to get them in the order in which they were eliminated, but it, okay. you know, uh, let, let's start with the jets. Yikes. Oof. Uh Oh yeah. That's, uh, it's awfully tough to lose a playoff series. Like have that final buzzer go through the handshake round and be like, ah, the worst is still to come, <laughs> but yes. Oh boy, Rick Bonus. What Big Rick. Now what was, really what was he exactly? He was disgusted. Disappointed and disgusted, I think was the Yeah. yeah. And didn't even like th- this if if people didn't see it, uh, you know, you obviously heard the soundbite, but it's not like he got up there and like the reporters were just digging and digging and you know, pushed him into saying something. Like he got up there and he, I don't even think he asked for a question, really. He he just sort of Launched into it almost. Um, did a one-minute press conference and then got out of there. But he he dropped the bombs that uh, that 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 he was uh, he was not happy. And then we got the follow-up a couple days later with the players, Blake Wheeler especially, basically saying like, "Hey, that should have been said behind closed doors." and Got sort of a quasi-apology out of bonus where he said he he was disappointed that he used the word disgusted, that he, but otherwise stood by it and yeah I don't know man it well and and then and then we also then we also found out that Kevin Shoveldayoff is staying and Rick Bonus is staying so already we're, yeah uh, but there was he, a little bit of controversy yesterday on this as well I don't know if you saw this because Rick Bonus's whole thing was the lack of pushback. Okay. We we don't we don't we didn't have any pushback out there, and then like the Jets themselves, I believe, put out a statement that was like, "Look, we're disappointed, but we had a great season and we showed a lot of pushback in the first round." And it's like, you, oh. you're using the same word he did. I did, and not. you're bringing this guy back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna see I if I can find this. I didn't again. see that at all. That's uh, wow. Okay, pushback. 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 Um, 
I don't know if I'm going to find it real quickly. Yeah, but I I saw this yesterday, um, and it's just like, man, if if that was actually from the Jets account, and now I'm like doubting myself, you yeah. know. But uh, if that's actually what happened, like that's, that's a real. Thing. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I guess you're you're in some sense you're it's sort an, of trying okay. to cover this. This was it. Yep. This was an an email to the Jets like uh, ticket list or something like that. Uh, whenever a team doesn't reach the lofty goals it set in training camp, disappointment will always be present. Present as year-end exit meetings are conducted and locker stalls cleaned out. The Jets had plenty of pushback against Vegas in round one. They won game one and rallied from a 4-1 dead blah, 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 blah. The only disappointing part was game five is how it ends. Okay. Now, I don't know who's so, in charge of that. So the part where you lost three of the first four was not disappointing? No. Yeah. And that's uh, from you know. Scott Billick, who, who is uh, the beat writer for the Jets for the Winnipeg Sun. Okay. So, like, he's not, this isn't, like, one of those guys who makes up a fake thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, That's, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, the, I don't think Rick Bonus was wrong, but you do, I, I've, I can't offhand recall hearing a coach say something like that in the aftermath of a, of a play, and especially in a way where, I mean, he was clearly emotional, but like I said, it didn't, it didn't, like, seem to just come out of nowhere of the of his emotions getting away from him like it felt like he went in planning to say that um and yeah, then something like, to that effect at the very least yeah when you hear like Blake Wheeler well it should have been said behind closed doors it, I mean I think we can assume this was said behind closed doors all year long and didn't right you know at some point the message didn't get through or not uh you know whatever it was but man that was uh it and it's it's interesting because even last year with Winnipeg, right? Like a, that was one of the teams that a lot of people looked at and said, "Okay, they got to blow this up. They got to do something." Um, yep. And they brought bonus in, but other than that, it it was pretty much stay the course. And now we're all saying it again. I don't think anybody was necessarily assuming Kevin Sheveldayoff would be on the way out. And if you're not going to make the change, then you want to make that clear right away. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't I, think Rick Bonus was going to get fired for losing in the first round with the t- when he took over a team that missed the playoffs. But you got to think there's some big changes happening, but maybe not. Maybe, well, maybe they'll write it out again. So the thing is, I didn't expect them to make a change either as the GM or, or the coach because uh, both of them are signed through not next season, the one after that, 24. 24- 2425 I guess. Okay. Um and obviously they just hired the coach last summer and around the same time Shevel Day off signed an extension. So in one year to go from well we're bringing in both of these guys or we're going to plan to have these guys for for another 3 seasons or whatever to be like, "Yeah, forget it." That would that would be a little surprising for me. That's just not usually how the NHL works. Um but it does feel like something big has to change. I don't want to say it, it's going to be like explicitly like him or me kind of a thing mm-hmm. with a lot of guys, but I think it is going to be like Connor Hellebuck said, like, I'm not like, I don't, this isn't the exact quote, but he is not interested in being part of a rebuilding team. He right. wants to 
compete for a Stanley Cup. And he and has I, got one year left on his deal. One year left. So and I, he is going to want an absolutely huge amount of money, which is his right, obviously, uh, as one of the best goalies in the world. And the Jets have to really look at it as, do we think that we can take the slightest step back without pissing him off and then give him a ton of money and still be able to uh, be even marginally cup competitive? And if the answer to that question is no then you have to start calling every team that wants a, that needs a goalie and say, now listen, we got this guy, Connor Hellebuck, and uh, he's really good. What, what would you give us for him? I think they will absolutely do that, and there's going to be, there's always teams, like, there's always teams in the market for goaltending. And then, but we always say, like, yeah, but who are the, you know, who are the stars that are available? Like, you end up scrambling for like Matt Murray and sure. guys like that because you're like, hey, you know, the the Vesna guys are never available. And it might make sense for to change that and to see what you can get. And once you once you open that door, then and everything else is in play too. I mean, obviously Pierre Luc Dubois, we all we're all counting down until he goes off to Montreal. Uh so do you make a move now and turn that into something where you, you get something for something. Mark Shifley, who knows? Um, go on down the list. Uh, the Jets have an opportunity and maybe very good reason to be like the big players of the offseason. Or they Absolutely. could just do the more typical NHL thing and run it back and try again. <laughs> right. And, and you got to wonder, because... The the other thing that is worth noting is that like you know attendance has not been as good as you would think it would be in Winnipeg where like they're kind of the only show in town and and that kind of stuff and does that piss off the owner when you already have a small building like you can't even sell that out you know um I don't I don't know mm-hmm. but it, like you say if everybody's coming back. That's, uh, I mean, I can't imagine that, that, that that's going to happen. I can't imagine that they're going to, but well, I mean, I wouldn't have imagined it last year, but, but even more so this year, it feels like you've, you've got to do something. Well, I, my point, my point in bringing up the ownership thing is one of the big reasons many of the teams that should like go into like an actual rebuild or even a retool don't do it is because of the Canucks or Flyers thing the flyers uh, up until more recently, I guess of like, we don't rebuild. That's just not how it fucking works here. And if there's, and part of that too, is people like, is the idea, the incorrect idea, I would argue that, um, the fans wouldn't, wouldn't accept a rebuild. I think fans have shown time and again in the last few years, they're more than happy to eat shit for a year or three. Right. But do, will they now, buy tickets while that happens? Th- and so that's the question, right? And, you know, I, I think, you know, like Toronto kind of did a little bit of a rebuild there, but they're always going to sell tickets, right? Right. Um, Pittsburgh, I guess we're about to, we're maybe about to find out in the next 
couple I mean, of years. Pittsburgh, the last Buffalo, time they did it, the so franchise much. went bankrupt and almost moved. Uh, yeah, and I mean, that was a long time ago now, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, even Chicago didn't, uh, they, their building was half empty the last time they truly did a rebuild, although they seem to they do this year? I really on. don't, yeah. Uh, I think it's certainly not disastrous. You know, I think it was within the realm of what you would expect, so... Yeah, um, it's uh, let's it's tough. See here, uh, it wasn't good in Chicago this year. It's, uh, Seventeen one sixty seven, and I believe their building holds like twenty something. Yeah, so that's not getting it done. Yeah, they they were they were selling twenty one thousand plus tickets for basically the entire uh, dynasty run or whatever you want to call it, and then. Last year it was 18 and a half, and then this year it was 17. So, like, they're not doing great, but obviously 17 is is more people than they can fit in the Jets building when they sell out. So, who knows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh... I, I'm just I'm just real interested to see where they go here because they they could they could stay the course and it wouldn't surprise me but they have a real opportunity to to sell for some yeah. real nice and, shit you know what and, I mean and if you're going to do it with Hellebuck you, you do, it do it in the everybody. off season and you yeah. do it in the off season like the goalies I, I mean it's not that obviously anytime there's anybody that we're that's coming up on the last year of a deal. And you hear talk about trading them in the off season. It, it, it's always a case of, well, yeah, but if, if you don't find the right offer, go into the season, hopefully they have a great season and you, you trade them midway through the season. And the problem with goalies is in the off season, there are lots of teams that think they're going to be good except for a goaltender. Yep. It, once yeah, you get like- into the season, it becomes teams that have good goaltending and are having good seasons and teams that don't have good goaltending and are having bad seasons. And neither one of those groups wants to trade for half a year of Connor Hellebuck at that point. Now, right. yes, there you, there might be some teams that are contending minus just the goalie. I mean, you, you LA Patrick Waugh got the traded prime halfway. Example. Yeah, Patrick Waugh got traded halfway through a season. That worked out pretty well. But those situations are rare. And you you know suddenly you're dealing with, I've got maybe two or three teams that are a landing spot versus, you know, half the league would be in on Connor Hellebuck in the off season. But again, sure. every NHL GM and, and Kevin Shoveldayov has never been a big trader, but it feels like every GM likes to play it cautious, play it, kick the can down the road. It's going to be fascinating to watch the Jets, man. I, I really can't wait yep. to see what they do. Yep. Totally agree. What about the wild? Uh, yeah. Another one where, we wait and see on Mark Andre Fleury, but it sounded like he said he's coming back. Yeah, he um, does. He does want that. Matt Dumba Gone. presumably won't they, be back. They can't make can. it happen. Yeah, him um, and Klingberg, basically. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Klingberg was. You know, that was the the rental situation. Other than that, I I don't know. It's it's weird. The again, they're in cap hell because of the buyouts, and yet. Um, but also not really. But not as much as you think. Because they've right. sort of already incorporated, you know, and to their credit, strategically, you know, they, they saw, they, they, they put the train on the train tracks that was coming towards them and then actually reacted to it uh, in a way that 
they're not in terrible shape, but it, it is like the Wild are one of those teams you kind of look at and go, okay, what what's the next step here? Like they're a good yeah, team. They're a hundred point a, team. They're going to make the playoffs, but where? But it's a low ceiling for them. This is, yeah. they, they are to me in a lot of ways like the Islanders of the last few years, where it's like the floor is pretty high, the ceiling is quite low. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't. What it boils down to is they do not currently have a number one center. I guess the idea would be they think. They hope Marco Rossi could get there sometime, but I, I, from what I understand, like they're kind of thinking maybe it's time to cut bait on Rossi. Um, is, is kind yeah. of what uh, He's... what I've read, and, and I wouldn't want to be the guy making that decision personally. Um, the kid's twenty one years old. He obviously went through a lot with uh, with COVID and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And if I remember right, I, I feel like he had a good year in uh, in Iowa. Right now that obviously, you know, he could be one of those guys who he can have a good year in Iowa, Yep, but not in the NHL one point in 19 games with the wild this year, you know? So like, I can see why they would say "Eh, maybe, but I, I feel like you'd be selling low on him and like. He's on he's on his ELC. What's the harm in, in running him out when you're in, as you say, cap hell. What's mm-hmm. the harm in what's yeah. the harm in getting him out there and and seeing what you can what you can get out of him? I, but absent him taking a huge step forward, they still don't have a number one center, and that is the problem with this team. They have a good blue line. I like a lot of the guys they have on the back end. Um, they have their goalie of the future. Like Gustafson's probably. N- it's tough to say that he would come back just because of the cap constraints, and but he is an arbitration-eligible restricted free agent. So in theory, they could make it happen. I don't know if they actually can. But if they yeah. can't, they have Jesper Wallstadt, who, Jesper Wallstadt, I think it is, uh, who is like, you know, an, an A goaltending prospect. Like, he is widely regarded as one of the better young goaltenders in the like not currently in the NHL. So it'll be interesting. Yep. It's it just feels like, you know, in the wild now or the the team that always makes the playoffs and doesn't do anything once they're there. And unlike, you know, the unlike with the Leafs, it's more of a feeling of this is just what they are. They're they're a team that's good enough to make the first round and lose. So how do you get yeah. to the next step? Because it doesn't feel like they should tear it down, but dangerously no, close sure. to being stuck in the middle, which is where you never want to be. Yep. Like I said, uh, high floor, low ceiling with these guys. And part of that is, uh, again, I, I, I would say the right move to do the buyouts on, on Suter and Parise, right? But Was it's, it? It's like... What? I mean... Yeah, I think I think it. Ryan Suter just it. played big minutes against them in the playoffs. Like I understand. Now, well, I guess the th- the thing is, would I have just bought out Parise and maybe kept Suter? I, yeah, maybe. I think that's more the you know where yeah. where I would have gone with it. I was surprised that that's you know because but he, keep in mind thing. it's a buyout. They're paying two thirds of you know they're they're yeah. paying him an enormous amount of money for the next three years, anyways. So, you yeah, know. the so the that those contracts would have been up uh two seasons from now. 
24-25. Right. And they're they're on the hook for $7.3 million to each of them. Yeah, they're so, basically paying almost what they would have for both of them. Um, it's like $7.3 million, like you say, uh, for each of them against the cap. And what they actually would have earned against the cap is seven point five. So they're they're actually saving a little bit of money, but very little, you know, a very little bit. And, and again, I, like if you feel like Zach Parise, he's been good with the Islanders, but he looked well, like he was done in Minnesota. Yes. Whereas Suter, I mean, again, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes. We don't know if it's like an addition by subtraction sort of thing for whatever reason. But and think- I feel like there was some of that afterwards, mm. right? Like. There, there was some talk of like, well, Ryan Suter was kind of, or you know, who, who maybe it was Parise, maybe it was both of them. I don't remember now, but I do now that you say that, that is ringing a faint bell about ad- addition by subtraction, right? So, I mean, there, there could have been some of that, but put it this way: if they had Ryan Suter on the team right now, yep, th- and they said we 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 want to trade him and we'll retain fifty percent for the last two years. I feel like somebody would take that. They would get some sort of low-level asset and yeah. have less of a cap hit than they're they're holding Maybe. on to right now. So, anyways, it's impossible to say, but yeah, know, tough to relive. It is what it is one, now. Two years out or whatever it's been. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the Islanders. Speaking of, uh, yeah, boy, this this feels like all the same things we just said about the Wild. Plus, 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 right? Like just. Where's the uh, next yes level? No. Yeah. Why no? Because they have the goalie. Basically. Yeah. Um, but but isn't that goalie just keeping them in the middle that maybe they don't yeah, really I deserve see what to you're be saying, in? Of like, course. Um but you know they're I guess the, I guess my point is with the goalie, they can make a deep run. We've seen them do it twice with the goalie, with just yep. getting good goaltending and and like otherwise having an uninspired. The other thing I want to say though is having two centers who are good at putting the puck in the net helps. Mm-hmm. They only had the one before. Now they have Bo Horvat, and that's a look. It didn't help in in this series, but that's a guy that I think, you know, he can, he can be a player for them. Um, now how about this for a stat? These two guys next year, Horvat and, and Barzal, they're going to be making more against the salary cap than, uh, than David Posterdock and Brad Marchand. Oh, is that not a crazy number? That's, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both got the new contracts, both, man. Both of them. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I see what you're saying with the Islanders is cause I just finished saying with the wild they feel like a team that's good enough to make the playoffs and then go out in the first round. And maybe with the Islanders, you say, hey, if we're good enough to make the playoffs with the goalie we have, that's enough. And then we can... Right. So maybe you say, but I just, man, you look at the Islanders, lots of big contracts, a lots of long-term of contracts. contracts, like guys yeah, that you absolutely. don't even, you're like, oh man, like J.G. Pajot is still signed so 2026, for like, five million bucks years a year. At, so, and, and they're an old team. And I know every time I say this, Islanders fans are like, ah, you know, the, these guys are barely 30. And it's like 30 is old in the NHL. And Especially if they weren't high skill players to begin with. Yeah. 
I mean, it's you go down the list and you know the the blue line is is youngish, uh, and and you know, defensemen the aging curve's a little bit different. But you know, you you look at just like their top top paid guys. Barzell's only in his mid twenties. Okay, Barzell's young, although not so young that you think he's got another couple of levels ahead of him. Yeah, he'll be he'll be twenty six at the end of the month. But after that, it's guys 32, 31, 33, 30, 32. Those are their next five forwards by cap hit this year. And then you got Bo Horvat, who's, what, 28 or 29. And then uh, everyone just else turned just... turned 28, yeah. Like, Pierre Engvall is a young guy, and he's he's leaving. And when I, I, I'm kind of making the air quotes there, because he's 26. And the prospect pool isn't isn't great. I know this nope. is the other thing. Anytime you say a team's old, they go, "Whoa, we got these prospects on the way." Every team they has have prospects. They have and and uh, uh, what's his name, Simon Holmstrom. I think those are their only two like real legit. They could maybe play in the NHL next year. Prospects. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody I'm forgetting. Um, I, I don't believe so. Bodie Wild, I guess. There was a time that was a, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, man. Like the one thing I will say is right now they don't have a ton of cap space. They have like 6 million bucks and they need to kind of save some of that to, to give a uh, Sorokin who's a UFA after next season. They need to save some money to give him. Um, but the only thing that I can really see here is if they can figure out something with Josh Bailey. It, did he even play in the playoffs? I don't think he did. I and I, I don't tell think you. he's injured. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it says here he's not injured. That's it's, it's As far as I can tell, he's not injured. So if he didn't play in the playoffs, it's uh, because, you know, coach thinks he sucks. And looking at how he did this year... It's hard to disagree with them, you know, mm-hmm. but that's a guy who's due 5 million bucks next season. That's so, it, man. Like all of these contracts are like, they don't have necessarily a contract that you point at and say, that's, that's terrible, but it's just everyone's have five, an, six, a, seven million. A million dollar overpay on half the guys on the yep. roster. Yep. And that adds up fast. That's, that's it. Oof. I don't know what I would yeah. do with this team. Do not know. Well, the other thing is, I guess we should say, people have been speculating about the future of a of a young man out of uh, somewhere in New England, Lou Lamarella. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are like, well, I mean, if Lou's out, you know, that could change everything. And it's like, uh, Lou will be handpicking his replacement. His replacement will be his son, who presumably sees the game in the exact same way and talks the exact same uh-huh. way. And uh, and then nothing's really different, except the, you know, the first name on the on the little thing that you put on the front of your desk. What's that thing called? You know what I'm talking about? Never heard of it. You know, like uh, like that old commercial, like the name is Dumas, and the thing said Mr. Dumas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little nameplate. Yeah, they don't yeah, even nameplate. There you go. Don't even have to change it. No, you just, you just change the first name. <sighs> I don't Papa, know. And Papa and and I guess masking tape over there. 
I mean, I you you always look at this and you go, okay, what what if they didn't do that? What if they, the job was actually open? And look, people would be flooding into. There's not a lot of GM jobs. Everybody would want the job, but man, it's gonna be a tough one. That they do shake free some cap hit on Varlamov. He's the one guy that they're that'll be going out the door. But then they've yeah. got one year of Sorokin left. That's cheap. what I'm saying. Yeah, he's at four million. He's super cheap, so he's gonna. Yep. Boy, you talk about Hellebuck wanting the moon. Here's a guy who's yeah, even younger. Yeah, well, that's what and, I'm saying. Like, let's say they figure, like, they just let Varlamov go and and whoever their backup is, is, is like a league minimum guy. And then they figure out a way with Josh Bailey, like, you know, eat half his contract for this year, whatever. How much of that combined, those combined dollars are going straight to Sorokin? Pretty much all of them, you would have to think. You'd think so. And if that's the case, then, you know, you're right back in the same cap hell that you were in before, where it's not like the wild, where it's like, we knew this was going to be the thing for for three years or whatever. It's like, yep. no, we just keep finding ourselves in a slightly different cap hell. Mm-hmm. It's tough, man. I don't know. Yep. I don't it know is, what the answer it is, is. It's rough. And it's, you know, we always say like, there's... There, most good teams have got somebody on a cheaper deal than they should be. What do you do with that extra space? And, you know, we talk about guys like Dracidal and it was McKinnon for so long and Pasternak for so long. I feel like I didn't hear about this McKinnon thing. Did he have a, did he have a good contract? It, 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 it got mentioned once or twice. Okay. All right. But, uh, and, and I'm sure he loved that. I'm sure he mm-hmm. just yeah, really absolutely. enjoyed, uh, Sorokin's been that guy for the Islanders and he will be for one more year MVP level player MVP level goaltending for less money than Matt Murray is getting from the Leafs yep and this is what it leads to I don't know man it's it's tough it's tough all right let's uh let's move on to the Kings uh I I think I alluded to it earlier they only have one real problem and it's the goaltending who knows what they do because uh, they, they still have uh, Cal Peterson locked in for another year, I want to say, at $5 million bucks. This guy barely fucking oh, played for them last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, not not a guy that's in any way part of the future, you would think. Although, you, you two, send him down to the minors hoping you're going to reclaim it. Yeah, that was such a... It was a strange contract when it was signed. Not that it was a terrible contract, but like any time a contract gets signed, you go, okay, what's the upside, what's the downside? Yeah. And this is like the absolute well, it was floor a, of the it downside. Was, yeah, I, I would say it was a weird contract when it was signed only because they still had Jonathan Quick. And so they were paying two goalies who, you know, like you say, kind of a wide range of outcomes. Yeah. Uh, making like a combined $10 million plus dollars. That's tough. So, I mean, do you, do you, do you re-sign Corpus Allo? He was he was fine. I think you you yeah, had that conversation. I, I think he punched above his weight in the regular. Well, I think he inarguably punched above his weight in the regular season. Like he yeah. went with Columbus. He was nine thirteen after two straight years of being sub eight uh, sub nine hundred. Um, and then he was nine twenty one in the regular season with LA, and then you know obviously got lit up in the playoffs pretty good. Um, it's he, here's what I would say. I, I I think Corpus Allo is going to want a decent amount of money. This is going to be maybe his last chance to make 
Like a de- again, a decent amount of money. He's not going to cost five million bucks, I don't think. But you know, hey, we mentioned it earlier. You want to talk about a team that could use a goalie in the Western Conference? It's probably the Kings because that is probably what held them back more than anything in in these in this playoff. Yep. And uh, maybe Connor Hellebuck's available if you can get Connor oh, fucking boy. Hellebuck. And obviously the Jets would need to retain some money, but maybe you could make it work. If, I, I mean, honestly, you know, that's the could, sort of thing where even if Winnipeg says we're not retaining money, I'll I'll find a way to trim the rest. You know, I'll I'll find yeah, a way to get that money somewhere. And but, you want to uh, talk about a team with the 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 picks and prospects to to make it happen? Yep. Who who's going to have a better? selection of them than than the kings the kings have been a great rebuild very few teams and, that will actually you know, want a goalie yep the, the kings have done a great job on a rebuild didn't do the whole completely tear it down like they didn't trade kopitar and dowdy and, and that sort of thing but really well done but we always say like the the rebuild is kind of the easy part and then getting to the next stage and they've been a hundred point team like they're you could argue they're already there yep. but it's now it's like okay you've got Got, like you said, they've got the assets, they've got the opportunity. Now it's like, what's the move you make to get over that hump and become not just the team that has a puncher's chance against the Oilers, but is favored yeah. against the Oilers or the Golden Knights or whoever else. And and I do think, I, I think they'll look at Corpus Allo partly because, let's face it, they gave up a first round pick to get him. Yep. And Gabrikov. Sure. So, you know, as a GM, you always kind of feel better about keeping those guys, but... Still a lot of, you know, a lot of good pieces, youngish, uh, you know, youngish as far as the current roster, but yeah. unlike the Islanders, like there's more on the way, like the, the, the guys that are coming yeah. in to supplement it are, are there. So, um, and interesting next year's the last year of Kopitar's deal. So that's, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like, you know, he's 30, he's 35. He's going to be 36 in August. It says here. So obviously he's still a really, really good player, but he's got to be thinking like we're, we're getting close to the end here, you know? And if that's the case, guy, the guys, especially guys that have played with one team, their whole careers like Bergeron or, or, or Stamkos or whatever. And they're starting to think, cause I saw his quote from Stamkos that was like, uh, yeah, I've only ever wanted to be on the Lightning at this point. Like, I cannot see myself wearing another jersey. Yep. Feels like it would be the same way with Kopitar. And at that point, guys tend to take contracts that are team-friendly and bonus-laden, right? Yes. And so Kopitar could drop from $10 million to $3 million. Yeah. It's for the Bergeron example. deal, right? Like- the Bergeron deal. And, but, like, it could go up to $6 million if... You know, the Kings do X, Y, and Z, which then frees up the money to not only have Connor Hellebuck, but to re-sign Connor Hellebuck if they so choose. Although, you know, he'd be on at least approaching the, I don't know his age off the top of my head, but I want to say he's probably already 28, 29 years old. So, hmm. so do you, there we go, man. We've already, us? we have already fixed the, uh, worked out a blockbuster trade. Yeah. Sending uh, and two all, teams and in all, the right direction. All Winnipeg has to do is take back the Cal Peterson contract. No problem. We got That's it. this. That's all you got to do. 
Hey, we just need you guys to take uh, take back our minor league contracts. You guys will you guys will do that, right? He's oh, he's in the HL. Can't be that much. Oops. Yeah, big time. Uh, All right. Uh, hey, speaking of Steven Stamkos, doubles. Aw, this is such a shame that they lost. Well, look, I, I you know when I when I when the playoffs started, my preview was like a ranking of it would be cool if this team won the the Stanley Cup, and I had. I think I had Colorado last and Tampa second last, you know, because it's just like, we've seen it. We don't need to, uh, we don't need to really relive that one. Yeah. And, and and like dynasties are cool, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, and, and I guess we should say like, isn't uh, the, the eight teams left, the most recent cup is 2006 Hurricanes. So Somebody's ending a drought. That sounds right, yeah. Or in in obviously a few cases, teams have never won. Um, Seattle and Vegas are in there. Don't yep. know if you call those droughts, but yeah, there's there's going to be. I some, would not. No, there's going to be some new blood. Uh, but yeah, oh the the Lightning. Hey man, it's it's a hell of a team. The Lightning were. We didn't really get into this and in talking about the Leafs. The Lightning were the better team in that series for for big long stretches. Not not yep. just the game one blowout, but even even the games they kept losing in overtime. I mean, as a Leafs fan, and, it was well, like and, it was weird to watch because it was like the, these are all the bounces that usually go against us all seem to go for us in this series. So, um, that, and that's what I was gonna say, right? Like the the Lightning can go. Oh, we lost in the first round, and like they do need to make changes just because you know they have all these guys who cost a lot of money and. Fair enough. Like, what were you going to say? They don't deserve it. Like, Anthony Sorelli shouldn't be a $6 million player or whatever, you know? Like, that, mm-hmm. but they're going to lose Alex Kalorn. They're going to lose Ian Cole, which I don't think is like a huge loss, but they have to replace him, obviously. Um, Ross Colton's an RFA. Tanner Janot's an RFA. Like, they, they need to yeah. find some wiggle room on the roster here. Especially, I mean, Janot, we know they're going to resign and man you talk, talk about having bargaining power after everything they just well, gave up for him imagine yes and no i mean because he really? apparently he wasn't that healthy in the playoffs no so like but he also uh wasn't that good for them down the stretch either a yeah. goal in four and three assists in in the last 20 games of the but year. they they gave up like all of their next three drafts to get him there's oh, no, no I way that he's that. you know they're going to be like, I, we're not really sold on you. Oh, are you not now? Okay. I think. Well, well, I think this could be a meet in the middle kind of a thing. It's like it, it probably could. We really liked you, but you sucked. You made us look mm-hmm. like assholes out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the thing with the Lightning is, man, you go to their cap friendly page, and it's it's not always a bad thing to see that red arrow on the side of the page. It usually is, yeah. but it usually is, and you know, they got a lot of them, man. Five, six, 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 and you know, uh, including like on some weird guys like the Nick Paul contract for yep. forever, and and Sorelli you mentioned in that. But yeah, I mean, Eric they'll, Chernak. Would this, you have said is, Eric Chernak is a guy that signed fucking ten years into the future or whatever? I wouldn't. Yeah, his have, contract although, is up in twenty thirty one. They did miss him. Man. What? But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, and and really no not not anyone big coming off the books, but I, well Stamkos well, next summer yeah and Kalorn this, this year summer, and yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean Stamkos is 
he's going to be a lightning for life. There's, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, well, I was just saying, yeah, of course. So, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I, I mean, I don't think this is, you know, anytime you see a team that's championship caliber and they're getting older and they're getting expensive and it starts feeling like it's kind of creaking a bit and then they lose in the first round. Like that's often the big giant warning sign that, okay, danger yeah. is approaching. I don't necessarily feel that way for the lightning. Like if they're going to, they, they're going to run it back and they should, that's, yeah. that's my big take. That's like, where I'm at. Yeah. They don't have, they don't have the flexibility to not run it back quite frankly. Um, but also like, like you said, all the bounces that usually go against the Leafs went for them this time. Yep. And Tampa can just go, well, look, that's a team that should have won in the first round two years ago, three years ago, whatever. And it just didn't happen for them. And now like the fucking tables have turned. We went to three straight Stanley cup finals. You don't think like that takes us getting some bounces. The other team did who gives a shit. It happens. We mm-hmm. have the two cups. 1.4 uh you know uh uh-huh. there, there's there's nothing for them to be upset about here and i i think like everybody's clear right about that like what, what they're not gonna fire john cooper no so so you just fucking just go again yep and and i mean you and i are often the first ones to say like hey pittsburgh washington islanders you know minnesota it's time to take a step back it's time to re- not here Keep going, man. You got to. This is a, absolutely a cup caliber team, and uh, keep uh, keep pushing with them. I think. Yeah, they had a they had a fifty goal guy in Braden Point. They had Kucherov hit a hundred and thirteen points this year. Stamko still had thirty plus goals. Hagel scored thirty. Kalorn had twenty seven. Like you, you hate to lose Kalorn, but like that's the cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, when, when you're one of these teams that wins a bunch of cups or whatever. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's fair to say they're going to be totally fine next season, barring like absolute catastrophe. And and it, like Vasilevsky was great this year, you know. Yep. Until anyway. the playoffs. Until he gets out there next year, and we've, you know, I. It's funny, man. You, you they, joke about they, the Leafs figuring the them out, but you did have, I always remember good old Jim Carrey, the guy who, you know, won the Vezina. Yeah, he's in the and mask. Then, he's in Ace yep, Ventura. That's the guy. Yeah. Yep. So funny. Uh, he wins the Vezina, but on, the, let me tell the, you something. the Penguins, I think, were the team that figured out that like it was the cross ice stuff was, was his Achilles heel. And then everyone started doing it and he was out of the league in three years. So yep. that's what I'm saying is going to happen to Andre Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It's going to be like, that, you know, it's going to be like the 1920s NHL guys just taking slap shots from the, from the center ice and the goalie losing them. And yeah, this was his worst season, uh, in a few years, mm-hmm. just something to think about. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the Boston Bruins, this is tough. This is tough for them this summer. Yeah. So let's get into the goaltending. Thing. Okay. Because I've never seen anything like that where you've got a guy who's going to win the Vezina, start the first six games, and then you, you make a goalie swap in game seven. And I know people are saying, well, he was injured. When did he, when was he injured? And yeah, there must have been a time to make that change that wasn't going into game seven. And it kind of, in a way, it kind of sucked because when you make a move like that, we're all looking at Swayman going, all right, man, we either need the shutout or we need you to be terrible. And instead he was sort of in between, like not the reason they lost, but also 
not phenomenal, uh, which right. kind of hurts those of us in the narrative business. But the fact <laughs> that Allmark, you know, seemed hurt in game five and six, at least, and, and all, or, or maybe fatigued or whatever it was, uh, you know, the Bruins had used both guys during the year. Typically in the playoffs, you pick one guy and you ride him. And they, they seem to break down on them and they wait until game seven to make the change. Yeah. I, I might've made the change earlier, but like, you know, again, like you say, this, this is a guy who's going to win the Vesna. He'd been really, really good, uh, all year. And he really only had one bad game in in the first, like the Bruins won the three of the first four games, right? So you're yep. so he ha- he has a shit game in in game two. Is that when you go to Swayman because there's not really another opportunity? No, because game three bounces back. Game four he's phenomenal. He stops forty one of forty three. Mm-hmm. Game five. He he gets shelled. Well, game five was really, they they lose in overtime. That was the overtime loss, and like yeah. he got shelled in that he gave up four goals on twenty five shots. But he also like you know that that was like the turnover game. That was oh we we just we we weren't managing the puck well. And do we blame the goalie on that? Uh, no. And then game six, like he's even worse than he was in yeah. game five. And it's like, well, you know, the only time they could have reasonably made the change for me is going into game three. See, yeah. And that would have felt too early. That would have felt like a panic. It's one bad game from the guy that just won the Vesna. Yeah. Or is about to win the Vesna. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I think that the, the other two spots that you could have done it, the one with full benefit of hindsight and this is, I've, I've seen this from a bunch of people and I think it's too easy, but is to say after game four, you're up three, one in the series. You, you say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go to swim and we want to use both guys. You're kind of basically saying, Hey, yeah, the series sure. is one, right? Easy to say in hindsight. The other thing though, is if they do that and they lose that game and the series gets away from them, we're all freaking What are you out, fucking right? doing? Yeah. How could sure. you have done that? The other thing that I think you could have done is after the game five, at this point, I think, you know, the, certainly you're starting to see the fatigue. If there's an injury and the Bruins know about it, I, I think what you could have done is you could have said, Jeremy Swayman's going to start game six, and and we're going to go back to Allmark for the next game. Whether that's a game seven or the next series, Allmark's our guy. We will go back to him. This isn't, yeah. you know, but we're going we're gonna to go Swayman in game six. And we're either going to have arrested Allmark for Game Seven or for next series, whatever it is. I, I feel like maybe you could have done that. And then the other piece that you know some people are pointing to is make the change at some point during Game Six. Like forget sure. about you know as he's yeah. getting shelled out there and and clearly not playing well and clearly not looking right. Right. Um, make the change, but again, yeah, even that's, that's tough because they never trailed in that game until there was five minutes left. Boston was a goal or two ahead. Well, they trailed, sorry, they trailed in the first period. But, like, right. you're not going to make a change, you wouldn't think, two goals. Immediately, in right. Um, so, you know, do you when when do you make that change? I don't know. It's tough. It's not like they were ever down 5-2 to two where you say, okay, 
And, and, and again, like if it works, then we're all going, yeah, this is the steady hand at the wheel. Jim Montgomery never panicked. He stayed with his guy. He didn't do any, you know, he didn't, he didn't overreact. And the team fed off of that confidence and, and they got it done, but it didn't, it didn't work out that way. We have a bit of breaking news here. Marcus Johansson signs with the wild two years, 2 million new extension. Okay. There you go. And, and another maybe interesting thing, uh, Chris Johnson just tweeted out that Alex Lyon was first goalie off the ice for the Panthers. Wow. Hmm. Oh shit. Oh shit. Damn. And of oh, course, no, no formal announcement from them or anything. This is this stupid thing where teams don't announce their goalie, but like you never know. They always have their like their starters net and everything. It would be very funny if they were just like, all right, just for today, just leave first. You know, just but yeah. uh this is a fun trick em. But goof em yeah, up. that could be boy. Well, we just finished talking about gutsy goalie decisions. <laughs> There's one now, yeah. Maybe uh, this is maybe the Maybe this is the new thing for Florida, right? Like Alex Lyon is like your starter. He goes the first few innings mm-hmm. and then sure. you bring Bob Brosky in to throw heat in the, in the second half. But yeah, boy, that would be something. You got a, uh, any thoughts on the future of the Bruins real quick? We, we should really kind of try to, I, I, yeah, last yeah, two yeah, teams here. yeah, let's, uh, um, it, it, I mean, obviously fantastic team, lots of guys locked in. You don't need to rebuild when you got Pasternak McAvoy, um, and, and other guys, um, very interested to see the Patrice Bergeron situation. He definitely looked like a guy who had just played his last game. Yep. But, but no final their, decision. Their, their real problem is those bonuses. It's going to be pretty yeah. close to the full freight on the 5 million in bonus overages. And, uh, that's going to make things real tough for the Bruins. They're going to have to trade somebody, maybe more than one somebody. I might think about starting with Linus Olmark, but... Wow, there's a take. five million bucks, and uh, and you got Jeremy Swayman. You know where he could go? Winnipeg's going to need a goalie after they trade Hellebuck to the Kings. That's right. That's a good point. Um, yeah, and then uh, let's do let's do the Avs real quick. Uh, great team. I mean, I I don't even think there's a postmortem here. Great team. No, uh, bunch of guys hurt, missing for various reasons. You all you can do is just shrug and say, "Not our year." Um, but you, you absolutely run, run it back. I mean, there's, there's yep, not, 100%. not even a question there. The, yeah, the, the um, situation will be interesting to see if he's, you know, how that plays out, if he's part of it going forward, but yeah, um, tough one to speculate on one way or yeah, the we, other. We won't get of, into, into that stuff. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, they, no, have, they have, they have some tough decisions to make this summer. They, they have to replace basically like the entire middle of their forward group, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and figure out how they feel about Bo Byram. And then the other thing is, and they don't have a lot of cap space to do it either. Um, and then the other thing is, and, and this this is the real tricky part. Apparently, uh, Landeskog had a quote like at the beginning of the playoffs where he's like, "Yeah, whatever's wrong with me, might which is like some kind of a a ligament." injury or something like that, I want to say, um, might stretch into next season. He said it's not career-ending, but it might stretch into next season, which complicates things, for yes, sure. it does. Um, but 
Yeah, really, and the, and the, really the cap gets tight because that that McKinnon contract finally is done. It's, yep, he's and they signed. and they gotta they gotta give contracts to Byram and Newhook. Yep, and I wonder what the number on those will be. I mean, they're they're gonna go into next season as a top three favorite in the West. So yeah, sometimes yeah, it's I, just not your year, and it's e- much easier to say that when you just won a cup. But this this and when you had all these injuries, like yep. the Lightning, didn't everything have just all the injuries to broke against them. It happens. And now one last team. This is this is kind of an interesting one for me. The Nye Rangers. Yeah, boy, lots of uh lots of Gerard Gallant talk. Uh That's interesting. lots Yeah. Yeah, lots of you know, obviously they, they very aggressive at the deadline, didn't really pay off. I mean, they were playing a very, very good team, but again, like you, you, you don't tear it down. Certainly, when you've got uh, Igor Shosturkin as your goalie, and uh, you know Fox, and on on down the list of of real good players they have, but they got to figure out. I, the coach will be the big one, and th- there was as we were recording this, there was some speculation this morning that Joel Quenville could be yep. a name that has been linked to this team if if it didn't go well in the in the first round and obviously to, to, to not just lose in the first round, but the way that they did, how they just the no show felt like they had no answers. Yeah. Once, once the devils made the adjustments, it was just nothing, no response from the Rangers. Um, yeah, and that would, boy. You know, what's funny is the Rangers, I think last year, 110 points this year, 107. I wrote the article last night, so this is all kind of top of my head here, but this feels like a team that is built for a lot of regular season success. And I, I, I've said it a few times in the last little while here. Last season was kind of a fluke that they got to the conference final. They played mm-hmm. third string goalies in both of the first two rounds. And then the lightning were like, Oh, we actually have our first string goalie. And they were like, shit, I'm out of ideas, you know? Um, And so, they're a team that, again, not a particularly good five-on-five team in terms of, like, actually driving play and stuff like that. And that's a feature of the Gallant system, right? Like, he is, like, we're we're going to kind of let them come to us a little bit more. Uh, they don't draw a lot of penalties, which is weird given how uh, uh, reliant on the power play they are to get a good chunk of their offense. And obviously they have the elite goaltending, um, which kind of waxed and waned a little bit over the course of the year. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's what, but that doesn't really work in the playoffs. Like if you're, you can't get pushed around at five on five by good teams in the playoffs, you can't count on the refs to give you a shitload of power plays. Although I guess it did work last night and, and have that work out for you um, in the power play in the, in the playoffs. And, the thing that you run into a lot of times in the playoffs is another team with an elite goalie. Now, again, that didn't happen uh, this year. This the, the mm-hmm. kid they the, the the they played this year was uh, in the USHL two years ago. But these are all things that set you up for non-success in the in the postseason. And so, if they want to change the coach and maybe try to wring a little bit more out of this kind of top-heavy roster, that makes sense to me. Now, I'm not even going to get into, like, whatever moral objections I might have to Joel Quenville being the coach of, of 
any mm-hmm. team really. Yep. Um, but like, if you were the kind of person that didn't care about that, wouldn't Joel Quenville be the first fucking person you call? Yeah. You're, you're clearly going to a veteran guy like this. This is not often in coaching changes. You go from like one end to the other, as far as the, you know, the young guy, the old guy, and they, they went to the experienced guy in Glant, but, uh, no, in this case, this is a, this is a team that's closer to pushing all in for, for a championship. They have to probably any other that went out in the first round. Yeah. By the way, the other, speaking the of which, can we, thing? can we just say, uh, you know, not to, not to belabor the point, but Alexis Lafreniere, zero goals, zero assists in seven games. Yeah. Capococco had two right. points. Like at what point do, if, if you're looking to go all in, at what point do you consider moving? Well, so and I'm sure they the had thing. a great shift where they had kept the puck behind the net for like 20 seconds. Here's the thing. Send me the gif. When I was... When I was uh, looking at stuff last night for the Rangers, I found out a, cu- a couple of pretty interesting things. First of all, uh, I think all but lo- of the of the three guys on the quote unquote kid line, the fucking I hate that fucking name so much. Well, they're gonna have to change uh, it soon. Right? These guys are getting <laughs> middle aged yeah. line. Um. Those guys all had at least 39 points despite getting very little power play time. Their their path to power play time is understandably blocked, right? And when they were on the ice together, those three guys together as a three-man unit, they scored 60% of the goals. I you know, like that to me, if that's your third line, that's really good. Now, maybe it doesn't work in the playoffs for all the reasons we were just talking about, right? But, and and the other thing, of course, is that you don't want your number one and number two picks, like from back-to-back years, to be uh, third liners their entire fucking careers. But it seems like they are good at th- being third liners. And maybe if they got the power play time, which they never will, given who's in front of them, this is a different conversation, Right? But this is and, a team. And we should that also relies point on out the power that, play. Yeah, they're, they're, these guys are so young. It's it's too early to expect. I mean, that's why Jack Hughes hasn't broken through yet. It's the same sort of deal. Right? I'm like I'm just saying that. Are you gonna say you know what you know who should get uh, who Lafreniere should get a uh, power play time over is like a uh, Chris Kreider or Artemi Panarin? No, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Like. I to- I totally stand by our these guys haven't come close to living up to the fucking hype yet. Totally stand by that. And the way they get talked about in New York is ridiculous. Every fucking article you read, the kid line, the kid line, the kid line. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, are they not doing as well as you could expect someone to do given their roles? Not in the playoffs, in the regular season. Maybe. I'm. It's all I'm saying. It's fun. So, of course it is. Yeah. What are we? <laughs> and Rangers fans aren't listening anymore. Ed. They they no. It, they're this, they're long this gone, is the so. NHL. Yeah. The the second your team loses, you're like I've never heard of hockey. Exactly. Oh, funny story. I was at the movies the other day, uh, 
and I was wearing, I have like one of those 90s NHL hats. It's like a, it's like the old NHL logo and it says cup crazy. And the guy says to me, are you a hockey fan? And I go, yeah. And he goes, uh, you know, I have a friend who's a really good hockey fan. First of all, he's not, he's not saying I'm a hockey fan. Yeah, of course. And he's like, and if he saw you wearing that hat, he'd give you a big thumbs up. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) Very nice. Let him know I appreciate that. I just thought that was so funny where he like, he was like, well, I mean, he wouldn't like really care, but Mm -hmm. thumbs up. That'd be something. Thumbs up. That's, that's all right. (laughs) We wanted you to know. Anyway, uh, Rangers, otherwise not, not much changing with the roster. They just kind of can't, uh, the top nine guys on their, on their, uh, on their team. Make a combined $63.5 million against the cap. Yeah. Will will be interesting to see, you know, do do they talk to Patrick Kane and to a lesser extent Tarasenko? And if not, where do those guys go? That's that's too yeah, interesting that, that to me because remember, Chicago said Kane's not coming back. So Yep. I I to me, like those guys would both just looking at their cap situation like kind of in depth last night. They'd either need to get someone to waive a no move or no trade clause, mm-hmm. or get those guys to come back insanely cheap. And I don't think that's going to happen. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, all right, some other news, real quick. Uh, Daryl Sutter out in Calgary. Yeah, somewhat of a surprise, just given that. There, it was the when Brad Treliving left, it was sort of framed as a maybe it was him or the coach, and now it's both. Well, so I I think I think it was him or the coach. Okay, and then I think they did exit interviews, and the players Mm. were like, "It's us or the coach." Yeah, yeah, that could be it as well. Uh, And you can't fire you can't fire your entire roster. Yep, and look, I mean Daryl Sutter, he's he had an extension, so he's he's got I think it was four million. For the next two years, next to, to two, go, yep. go back to the go ranch. To the I, he'll ranch, be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, not. I don't think anybody was shocked by that news, although it was, you know, it was a, somewhat of a surprise. But probably the right move, I would imagine. Yeah, I. Somewhat of a surprise that they made the move before hiring a GM, I guess, but. Sometimes you clear, you want to clear the decks. Like you got to clear the deck. Yep. Let the interim guy do the dirty work, and yeah, yeah. It's um, it it, it kind of had to happen. I think like the just this team didn't have the um, didn't have the right makeup for Daryl Sutter hockey. It wor- yeah. It works when you have Matthew Kachuk. It it maybe doesn't work, and well, that's the other thing too. Is like, why did Kachuk leave? Was like they didn't want to make him the captain or something. I bet he didn't have the best relationship with Daryl Sutter, given how he, we know he feels about uh, certain types of players and young guys and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I don't know. It, it, this was a this was an easy call for me. I think. Uh, I think the the Flames made the right choice. Um. Two other pieces of news here, and then we're done. Uh, Snoop Dogg is apparently now in an ownership group that is bidding for the, uh, or a prospective ownership group that is bidding for the Senators. Becoming the greatest reality show yeah. ever. Uh, I'd love, yeah. I would love to be the team that's owned by like a living meme. That would be so fun. Whether yeah. it's him or Deadpool, yep. you, ju- you just can't get away from it. 
it's, I mean, who's next, right? I mean, you got to figure Michael Jordan gets in on this at some point. Um, and then from there, who knows? Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Oh, you see he's get, painting yeah. his face front row at the Kings game? Yeah. Now we're having a freaking be. blast. I, I am interested to see, like, I, I know if you're, like, Sense fans are loving this because they've been like the bastard stepchild of the league for so long that nobody cares about. Now it's like the cool kids are paying attention. It's it's very exciting. But it is interesting that you've got Ryan Reynolds, who, whatever else, he's he's a local Ottawa guy. Lots of connections to the yeah. city. And then here comes Snoop Dogg and these L.A. guys who just view, purely view the team as an investment and everything. But it's I, I do wonder, like, there's... I mean, it'd be it'd be cool as hell to have like Apparently, a famous person, uh, but this this is a quote from Snoop Dogg from real take uh, from a real quote from Snoop Dogg on first take this morning was that he would he would start the Snoop Youth Hockey League wh- that like specifically is designed so the kids need to know that there is an option to play hockey if you look like me. That's I mean, nice. That's cool. I I like yeah. that a lot. But, I don't see uh, Ryan Reynolds making that kind of a promise. He's like, uh, yeah. I'll I'll show up. I'll do the I'll po- I'll sign your Deadpool picture. How's that yeah. sound? And, and also, and the people of Wrexham are like, it sounds great. I mean, we could also just point out that like Snoop Dogg can do that regardless of whether he owns a team or not. But you know, yeah, sure. well, I think I think the idea it would be I can get all these other like more richer that like richer than me guys to yeah cough up some cash for it it is going to be interesting when this is all done especially if the senators hit that one billion number like how many other teams that are modestly successful will be like you know what maybe we're for sale too and i'm sure that if there are any thinking about it gary bettman is telling them no you're not not right now we're gonna have one team at a time for sale and uh and that's that's it so yep um, and then one last thing. I realized this last night. Uh, we're we're going to have the draft lottery uh, before our next episode. Wow. That's May uh, kind of snuck one up on us. Yesterday. Yeah. It did. Monday night. I'm psyched. I can't, I can't wait. This is going to rock. Someone, yeah. like so many teams, like this is one of those drafts, like the like the Austin Matthews or, or Connor McDavid drafts, where you're like, someone's going to be so fucking disappointed. This is going to be really funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is this is it's like it's it's like a, the tank battle coming down to sudden death overtime. Yeah. Except with like six teams. Yeah. You're just like this is it. It's it's going to be somebody's going to be the hero and somebody's going to just go home brokenhearted. And congratulations to Chicago for winning the draft lottery. Yeah, probably. That is my prediction of what will happen. That is not what I want to happen, but that is my prediction. Them or, them or Arizona, I guess. Yeah. What about you? What do, what do you I, think? I, like, I'm, st- you know, Anaheim's got the best odds. I, yeah. I hate to say this. I really hate to say this. I just hope not Columbus. I love the. I, I would love it for the fan base. I would love it for the organization. But just to have, a, like, a potentially generational superstar come in and go to another small market. Hmm. Totally agree with you. I think Anaheim would be cool. I think that would be cool. Anaheim would rock, yeah. Yep. But we'll see, I guess. And I guess the one other thing we should say that I've seen a few people tweet about this is, you know, we the draft lottery, we know the draft lottery is Monday. 
you know what else we know is next week? Nothing, because we don't have a schedule for the playoffs yet, other than the first two games. Nobody knows what's going on past this like is a Friday. Really well run league. You you have. What to is admit. going on? How would? I don't. How know. could they not That's know? Insane. We don't know yeah. when game three of and I when I say when I don't mean like seven or seven thirty start. I mean like what day are these games on? We have no idea. What the hell is going on? Oh well. Uh yeah, it looks like uh, beyond games one and two, we just have no idea. Yeah, they so still like funny. Chris, Chris Johnson was so saying funny. it's the first time he's ever been at a playoff series where it's game one that night, and he doesn't know where game. What well, we know three. where game three is, but when? And yeah. he was saying that he the rumor is Sunday, but they're not sure. And obviously, just, I uh, love that you have to have a weird. rumor. Yeah. My sources are telling me that maybe. <laughs> The league is aiming to have a game. Yeah, that that's like psychotic. what crappy country singer concert is holding this whole thing up that uh, in in some building somewhere. Yeah, who knows? What a league! All right, uh, why don't you hit him with your plugs? Find me at the Athletic. Uh, I've been I've I've written a ton of things. I got a Leafs win mailbag today. I had the the old guys without a cup thing was last week. I don't even remember what else I've been writing at such a weird schedule, but, uh, there's, there's, there's lots of stuff out there. My reaction to the Leafs winning the series, my reaction to the Leafs, uh, uh, winning that wild comeback game. Just, just go click on my, click on my weird little face and then find uh, all sorts of stuff to read. And then listen to me with, uh, Ian Mendez on the athletic hockey show on Thursday. Yep. Uh, for me, eprinkside.com. Uh, use the code I love EP when you sign up for a full subscription uh, for a year, and you will get three months tacked on to the end of that for free. Um, I have written, boy, a lot in the last little while here. Uh, because I every time a team gets bounced out, uh, I look at their cap situation and, and uh, all the players they have coming back and everything, and I say, this is what I think they might do this summer. So uh, I've d- I did eight of those. The last little while, including more than a few nights where I did two in the same night, uh, which not the most fun thing in the world. Yeah, that um, was that was very rude of NHL teams to do that to you. Yeah, they should go out one per night in order and make it really easy. But yeah, so uh, check all that out. And then uh, patreon.com slash puck soup. We got all kinds of bonus episodes over there. It's a new month. We'll have new bonus episodes coming your way, uh, you know. Soon enough. Don't, no schedules nailed down yet. It's kind of a busy time of year. But uh, patreon.com slash PuckSoup, you can find all Look of Look at us, just yeah. criticizing the NHL, and yet here we are yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. What do you want from me? Yep. You know? That's it. That's it. Uh, okay, thanks so much for, for listening, everybody. Uh, long one. Enjoy the second round. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got sportly commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hockey and nonsense. Box soup.